Come on. You know you want this as bad as I do. Ronnie, your ass feels like a ripe cauliflower. You've got as much hair on your back as you do on your head, and that dick of yours has always been two sizes too small. So no, I really do not want this. Drop it. Duncan and both come correct. You will thank me later on. It's a kind of 50s doo-wop, but all satanic. Satanic 50s doo-wop? Yeah. And it's called Twin Temple. Are they are they British? Are they American? What's going on? Hey, I, I want to say they're American because it sounds like something that would only come from the mind of an American. Uh, I think they're just a two piece. Um, but yeah, it's like a like proper. If you imagine a, if Amy Winehouse was a Satanist, that's what it sounds like. It's really fucking good. And with that, welcome to another episode. <laughs> Of Duncan and Bo slash fiction. A tiny little division of Duncan and Bo come correct. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, yeah. We have the technology to trick you into opening the show, Duncan. Yes, Um, every time. Every time. You know, next time I'm just going to be quiet. I know it's going to be a difficult thing to do, but I'll just be like, "Mm, mm, mm." you have no choice. What it is, is I I give you the perfect setup to to say the dumb shit you like to say anyway. <laughs> that perfect setup is high, right? I'm like, yes, I am the uh, uh, Bud Abbott to your Lou Costello in so many ways. I see what you did there, and I will not dispute it. All right, well, hey, uh, folks, thanks uh, for joining us live. Those of you who are with us, uh, and thanks for listening to the show. Those of you listening to the, the audio podcast, um, so yes, we love you. We haven't forgotten about you. I know we're talking about all the people that are here live a lot but you were our first love we did dirty things to you i brushed right over it and then you had to slam the brakes on it and make everybody (laughs) feel awkward all of a sudden you're welcome that is my gift it's the the real turn the punch bowl um (laughs) so the uh like i said this duck and boat cup correct uh this season we are looking at episode uh or uh, i'm sorry uh this season we are looking at the series slasher and mm-hmm. we've made our way to episode three um which as we were talking about just before the show features the untimely death of easily the best character on the show so far and it's a yeah. real bummer first they give us then they take the weeble god you sound like one of the show titles good lord good lord <laughs> no no whoa, whoa, whoa. Uh, as pretentious as i could possibly get even on my best day you know doesn't hold a candle to the the pretentious shit that they have leveled at our door with the the episode yeah yeah. only episode three yeah and the title of this episode is like as fire eateth up and burneth wood it sounds like puritan like devil poetry why are we making this so (laughs) elaborate Uh, (laughs) also also like a really really posh biblical way for going for a shit after a curry <laughs> yeah yeah by the way uh, uh, uh all slightly off topic had an amazing chicken masala recently nice yeah yeah you know and had a little bit of that sauce left over and used it on mm-hmm. some of my other chicken was like, <laughs> no no this is just fine <laughs> I'm a masala recycler, <laughs> and and I have no. You know what's you it. know what's a good curry when a couple of days afterwards you're telling people about it. Yeah, it was <laughs> really good. 
It was really good. It like it it had an it had just the right bite to it, but it was really rich mm. and oh, just amazing. Anyway, uh, <laughs> that's look. Curry talk is our other show. We'll get into yes, that another time. Legion podcast curry talk with Duncan right. and Bo. It's there's only four listeners, but they are <laughs> devoted. And two of them are Duncan and Bo. Yeah, well, yeah, two others. But again, super, super fans. Um, yes. Oh, yeah. 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 <laughs> when are you going to get the Tika episode out, they say. <laughs> they keep saying, and I keep saying to them, the more you want it, the less you'll get it. Just be patient. Right. Uh, Can't rush these things. <laughs> but what, what we really do to start the show, Duncan, is mm-hmm. we talk about movies that we've been watching, one good, one bad. You know, let's yes. keep, let's keep it contained. Um, and you know, I gotta say, all right, uh, do you want to go first? Uh, yeah, because I have a good and a bad this week, which will be the first time this year that okay. I have something pretty terrible. And the Ooh. source of said terrible thing might surprise you. <laughs> so. Oh well, now I am intrigued. <laughs> so I will I will leave it to you whether you want me to start with my good or my bad. You know what? This is a real, like, give me the good news last. Uh, what's your good movie? And then let's get to the delightful bad movie. <laughs> so the good movie uh, is one that I got a chance to see. I got a screener of. It's available now in the States as of the 15th of January. On demand and digital. Uh, it's a thriller, kind of family drama thriller called um, Don't Tell a Soul. I've just released an episode on it on podcast under the stairs. So you can go across and listen to me chat to the director for about half an hour. Bloody nice guy. Um, but essentially the setup for this movie is ill mother, two teenage sons, rising costs of prescription bills. The two teenage sons rob a house close by. And this is all like first 15 minute stuff. And as they're escaping with the cash, um, a security man spots them chases after them they run through the woods and the security man falls down uh, like, like some sort of hole in the ground um like left over from something uh, but it's quite a deep hole he falls down uh, older brother thinks he should just leave him uh because he's a bit more of the renegade younger brother um has a real daddy complex and that his dad died when he was young kind of feels like he should save him and the mystery unfolds from there. Although there is a wicked twist in the middle, which I genuinely loved. Um, it's got a great cast. It's got uh, the young dude uh, from the It movies, the one that played Eddie, you know, the one with the inhaler. I do, yeah. So him. Um, it has Mina Savari in a, you know, I can't believe you're doing this role because you're a very attractive lady and you're playing a very ill mother of two teenage boys which i don't think you're old enough to have um or maybe she is now, yeah, mina uh, suvari is like she was young at american beauty now she's yeah. middle-aged now yeah she <laughs> she just she has a baby age. face is the thing yeah but i thought she was my age in american beauty like when i watched that movie i thought she was like the same age as me so i thought she was about 18 well, I'll tell movie. you what. I'll get to the bottom of this. You continue. You find out how old I, she actually right. is. She doesn't feel like she should have a 17-year-old son. Real-time fact-checking right here on <laughs> Duncan and Boca. Correct. So, yeah. But the, the, the security officer that falls down the hole is played by a certain Rain Wilson, who is fucking brilliant in this. Because um, it's a darker thriller sort of role, and he's very, very, very good in it. Um, yeah, I thought this one was, was a ton of fun. I think the ending... 
goes in a direction which I, from reading online, infuriated a few people. I thought it was all right. I thought it was a bit cheesy. Um, but I was invested in everything else. I think the casting and the script are, are, are really, really, really well done. Um, and yeah, just a nice self-contained thriller, which isn't involving the world being blowing, blown up or, you know, some sort of government conspiracy. You know, just a good old-fashioned kids with a morality problem. Um and I thought I thought it paid off very, very, very well. So yeah, it's available if you're in the States, you rent it. Uh, it's on demand and digital, 15th of January. Uh, I think it's coming its way over to the UK. You said about six months, so I would imagine June-ish, July uh, over here. But yeah, um, uh, go check the trailer. That's I, I asked the guy, that's <laughs> the director of the Twitter, he said, nope, don't use Twitter, don't use Facebook, don't use any of that stuff. I was like, so where should I point the moves like that? The trailer. <laughs> I was like, you've <laughs> done this before. Um, so <laughs> I was like, send them to the trailer, get them to watch the movie. And uh, yeah, it has it has my seal of approval. Uh, I thought it was, I thought it was a, a, a fun movie for sure. So that's my I- good. All right, so real-time fact-checking, as yes. promised. Mina Savari, uh, currently 41 years of age, was 20 oh, years old yeah. when she recorded, uh, or not recorded, when she uh, was in Made American Beauty. Yeah. All right, so if she's 40, she could conceivably have like a 17-year-old son. Absolutely, that's 23. Yeah. If, yeah. if she was born in Georgia, she could have like eight kids by now. <laughs> Shots a, fired. A Catholic in Georgia. <laughs> I didn't even I didn't even hear you load that gun bow. Um so <laughs> Yeah. I mean, look, we can move the state. Arkansas, is that better for you? Florida? We're like we'll take a tour of the South. <laughs> a Catholic in Louisiana, like, how about that? She's got another um she must be like her agent must be getting her lots of work at the moment or she just made a lot of movies and this is I'm finally seeing the, the light of day. She's got another kind of horror thriller movie coming out that I just got uh, press stuff through from as well. Um, I was just like, I haven't, I couldn't remember the last time I'd seen her in anything for like two roles to appear pretty much side by side. Uh, felt interesting, especially when they're both kind of not in the genre I would usually put her as an actress, so. She's really good in yeah. Stuck. That Stuart Gordon, way under scene. Yes. That's a great movie. Yes. And she is great in it. Um, also, uh, <laughs> JJ in the chat. <laughs> I was going to say, Ian Dunsmore, who is a, a, a listener of the old podcast under the stairs, said if she was from Grangemouth, which is where I used to live, uh, she'd be a granny at 33. <laughs> yeah, right. So, yeah, JJ also chimed in, like, you know, hey. I'm from Georgia. Yeah, well, like, yeah, well, I was about to say. Like I said, could have been any southern state. Tennessee. I'm from Tennessee. Could have been from here. You go. Also, we have a promise to make. We have a promise to keep here. We love you, Jamie. Absolutely. Love you. Oh, my goodness. Like I said, everybody here is a little bit better for having Jamie with us at, at the same time. It's She'll be returning real soon to podcast under the stairs when we do our second installment of the E24 series, and I'm just going to say it, Bo, not a lot of good movies in that selection. Eh. Eh. All right, well, look. Some, that's some a... horror movie called Hereditary that I don't think I've seen right. before. Uh, you, you, I'll tell you the one on the... All right, look, we'll, we'll get to the, oh. the whole slasher oh, thing in a minute, folks. Just calm down. Oh. Um, you just hold your horses. <laughs> just give us a minute. Uh, I'm really looking uh, forward to revisiting... Um, uh, it comes at night. 
Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah, I remember watching and thinking like, oh, that's totally not what I expected it to be, but it was it was interesting. And I'm looking mm-hmm. forward to, to watching it again with uh, more measured expectations of what that movie really is. Cool, um, yeah, yeah. So, because I, uh, anyway, uh, well, that's a, a conversation. For we, the we'll, we'll get to sure, yeah, but We'll get that. But, uh, but folks, be sure you're, uh, you know, paying attention to the podcast down the stairs for that. Um, What's your good? Come on, help me with Okay, my good is going to be Psycho Goreman. Yes, Goreman's though. Uh, I, I looked at everything I watched, and that was the thing I was most excited about. That movie was a fucking delight cover to cover. I told enjoyed you, it. Told you. Uh, I enjoyed it so much. It's one of those movies because it's like, look, this isn't a classic of cinema, but mm-hmm. it is such a great silly homage to like like i think i described it as like the power rangers after an eight ball you know it's as total as the it's the did you grow up watching power rangers have you ever seen that guyver movie you know what you'll like psycho gorman and yes yep. yes yes i really 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 did uh yeah i'm i'm so glad I, i've seen a lot of kind of seems i didn't think a movie like this would be polarizing per se but turns out if you're a big fan of that the void which I know me and you were kind of eh on. Um, it turns out you don't want that director to make a silly, gory movie, which makes no sense because if you're a fan of Astron 6 and their oeuvre, then you totally want this movie. Because <laughs> that's, yeah. that's what they do. <laughs> so I don't get it. Um, so much fun, though. Do, do, do you like hunky men, Bo? <laughs> um, no, I do not like hunky boys. Or do I? Or do I? <laughs> that... <laughs> The the uh, the guy who does I can't think of his name now, but the guy who does the voice acting for PG in the movie, it's yeah. so good. It is so deadpan, and he never mm-hmm. breaks character. It's always I am the evil overlord of the universe all the way through it, right? And no matter how silly what he is saying is, it's all in the tone of overlord of the universe, and it's just fucking beautiful. It is, yes. Uh, the character of Mimi is such an evil, evil little shit. I, I, yeah. lo- <laughs> I love the way that the movie goes out of its way to tell you, like, hey, nobody learned a lesson from anything here. Okay? Mm-hmm. Like, nobody, you know, maybe the power of love, question mark with a shrug, you know? <laughs> and that's, maybe. But, but, like, yeah, <laughs> maybe. But the world <laughs> around him is fucked. And yeah. that's the thing that's most wonderful about it is like, again, nobody learns any lessons. It's all purely selfish indulgences from beginning of the movie to the end. It's- I mean, the thing the thing I'd like when I was speaking to the, the director, the thing that I applauded him on is the, is the silly world building. Like you're just introduced to a lot of characters and the, the reflex that I think a lot of people might try and do is give more context to these characters. Like you, you, like you meet a, like an intergalactic consortium or council of aliens, but they don't explain anything about anyone. You're just flung in the middle of it yeah, and they're all yeah. pretty shitty as well. I, I just like that sort of stuff just makes me happy. I, I think it's pitched perfectly and genuinely, if you're looking for a movie to cheer you up, at the start of what what has been, let's be honest, January's been pretty dull. Um, like all that good stuff we were going to get, which we were never going to get, has not happened. Um, it's it's a great pick me up. It's it's a great way to 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 kind of jump into the year. And I would say as well, I know there's some people out there that are they're holding off the physical release, which is March. 
Um, and some people might even be holding off for the Shudder release, which is May. Um, if you, I would still say, if you've got some spare money around, buy it on digital as well. I, I, I genuinely want to see him make more movies. And the best way to do that, because a lot of his revenue did not happen last year because of COVID. He was supposed to do all these festivals, which didn't happen. So the best way to show that is swing out a couple of bucks, watch it digital, buy a physical one if you like it, and then watch it when it comes on Shudder as well. I stress that, even if you own it, watch it when it comes on Shudder because those are markers that, you know, indicate to the people that run that streaming site whether or not titles are popular or not. So, um, yeah, so do all that. Support it. It is so much fun. You're doing yourself a disservice by not, one, checking it out, or two, not supporting it, so... Yeah, I couldn't agree more. You know, vote with your dollars. Uh, it is worth every penny. It's wonderful. That five ninety nine nice. totally worth it. Um, okay, so uh, what's your uh, what's your bad, Duncan? I'm very excited about this now. <laughs> uh, well, not to put a pin in anyone's uh, anyone's balloon here, who was excited and waiting for the new Neil Marshall movie, The Reckoning. Oh, uh, FYI, that movie piece of shit uh, <laughs> really fucking bad like to the point where i'm like did neil marshall direct this movie or is it did i get this wrong is there another neil marshall out there um this is bad like bad bad um the movie the movie is set during the time period of kind of Witchfinder general in in england um there is a weird plague sweeping the countryside and through an abuse of power, um, the young maiden loses her husband, and uh, because she will not bed the the landowner to get out of paying the the back rent that's due on the property, as happens, um, which which happens, um, she essentially is is uh, brought up on uh, charges of witchcraft. At which time, Sean Pertwee, who I like. Like, like appears wearing like <laughs> the poor man Sean uh, Bean. Yes, if, if you imagine like Eddie Murphy and Delirious are raw with the leather suit. Now imagine it a bit puffier and black. <laughs> That's what he's wearing. Hang on, and Duncan. Show- let me show you what I think you mean. No, no, go ahead. I'm sorry. <laughs> this old number. Um, <laughs> right. Yep. I call this so- the Wednesday. So like he shows up and um starts starts basically putting her through the tortures of the witch trials. Um the movie has some issues. Uh, the first big issue is the dialogue is horrific. Like absolutely horrific. Just not well done, not well constructed. Characters don't speak like at times it's like they're going for that kind of ye olde English. And then the next sentence are two steps away from like talking about iPhones. Not quite, but you get the point. It's, there's a disconnect in, the, in the, the kind of dialogue. No matter what happens to this leading lady, her makeup, which is like 2020s perfect makeup, like, the, like just always immaculately done, never changes. Like she's always immaculate, uh, which makes zero fucking sense and then the continuity there's like she a one scene she goes through it's like a hundred lashes on her back and her back's all torn up and then we see her like she's brought and then flung in 
like a prison cell and there's not a scratch on her back. And it's not under the guise of witchcraft um, or anything like that. She's like, she's hobbled, but she walks fine after it. Just like fucking no fucks given on this movie, front to back. And it's just painfully dull above all else. And this is Neil Marshall. This is the guy who did The Descent, Dog Soldiers, Doomsday has, you know, he did that Hellboy movie, which I wasn't overly enamoured with, but still it was a big action number. This is a director that can do He directed most of the big action episodes of Game of Thrones. And it is awful. Like, just, just bad. A bad, bad, bad movie. And not so bad that I'd be like, it's so bad, so watch it. No, it's just bad. And I can't, I can't work out what's going on. Um, if I was him, I would be very quiet that I'd made this movie. Uh, but all the sites are getting very excited about it. So it's up to you ultimately to make your, your own mind up on this. But I'm, I'm telling you right now, you're going to go in there with expectations and those expectations will never be met. It is, it's the worst horror movie I've seen this year. Wow. Wow. So there you go. Yeah, Neil Marshall, the worst horror movie I've seen this year. It is very young, but if I told you um, January 1st, oh, by the way, by the end of this first month, the worst horror movie that I, that I saw was directed by the great Neil Marshall. Would you believe that? I mean, that's right. the thing that's kind of floored me is how just un, unremarkable and unlike his, his oeuvre it actually is. Um, it's just not it's just not good and then um, sadly I have been pressing <laughs> I was pressing for a copy of this and also for an interview and then I watched the movie and I'm like I really hope this comes because I still really want to chat to Neil Marshall but sure. if he asked me what I, I'm not good at lying though if he asked me what I think he's movie I'll the words disappointed are going to come out so I'm trying to work on different tactics like talking about how great the descent is you know just pivot to the descent you know, there's a cave in one sequence, like that cave in the descent. Let's talk about that for the 15 minutes that I have you before you jump on your next <laughs> interview. Uh, like that we politicians do when they're asked a question and they know they only have five minutes, so they'll talk about anything else or elongate the answer as a series of nothings to get through those five minutes so the, they can get away from that. That's That might be what I have to do. In seeing your movie, I thought that the uh, cinematic qualities of the film were uh, were obvious. And how yeah. <laughs> it, uh, you know, the sound played such a big role in, in the way people spoke and the music, you know. <laughs> Me like, and uh, I, I was recording with our buddy Richard Glenn Smith earlier on, and uh, we were talking about this very thing, not Neil Marshall, but talking about movies, which, you, like, you, if a person says, well, this movie's interesting, that's never a good sign. Uh, but what he'd say, he said is that their code for that on the Doom show is that they say, you know, the movie uh, feels personal. So this, this was, this movie feels personal. And I was like that. Yeah. It's the, it's the two steps away from saying, well, this movie was a real passion project for the director as in couldn't finance it because no one wanted to finance it. No one wanted to make it except this guy. And no one wants to see it except that director. Um, so it's that it's, it's on that level. And I can't even imagine. I just, I struggle to, to bring the two things together it's such a drop it's such a huge drop in quality and this is his return back to the genre like uh, he's been away a for a while so i just is not is not a good movie um and i defy like i i want to speak to someone 
who has seen it and thinks it's really good because I just don't see any merit in it at all. Look, here's the here's the thing though. You know, you're talking to Duncan McLeish, you're getting the straight dope. So it's <laughs> what I appreciate. No bullshit. Yeah, I, I like look, that's I would much rather spend my my hours exalting the the, the, the fun and positivity and everything that radiates out of PG than try to hype up a movie that is going to get a lot more hype. Like Neil Marshall's name against it, I guarantee every publication is going to hype this one up a hundred times more than they did PG. Um, and I just don't think that's fair. I think one clearly is made by a filmmaker who loves his craft, um, is invested in telling the story and wants the audience to have fun. And the other one is made by someone who was clearly asleep at the wheel. Who's doing it maybe because it's the only way he can finance a movie, but his heart didn't feel in it at all. So, um, what's your bad, Bo Rans, though? Come on, let's yeah, even out I, the negativity hey, here. Uh, speaking of, of a pivot away from negativity, let me just say hmm. when you mentioned Witchfinder General and, and you know, continuing with our theme of kind of filleting uh, Shudder a yes. little bit, um, yes. that uh, they just dropped uh, the blood on Satan's claw on oh, US Shutter, so good, which is kind. So it, it was kind of tough to find before, mm-hmm. and uh, so having that on there, I watched it again just the other day, and I was like, "This movie's real fucking good." Uh, yeah, terrific movie. I like I like it more than Witchfinder General. I think. I think. I think. Well, it's one of the goes, big three. Yeah, it, it goes it's one Wicker of the big Man, three. Folk yeah, it's Wicker Man, Satan's Claw. And Witchfinder General. And Witchfinder General, are the three, yeah. Yeah, the big three of folk... They're, they're, they're considered the big three of folk horror and that those movies came out, well, I think it's like two, two, three years apart um, and essentially solidified that as a, a genre, so to speak, even yeah. though folk horror predates that and, and like Scandinavia were doing movies. Uh, Sweden and Norway had been doing folk horror for, for a, a while before, but that was the one that they, you, they used to, the English country say. Like, Witchfinder General is maybe my favourite Vincent Price performance. It's like, real Like, there's good. something really menacingly gleeful about how he, you know, how he portrays that role, even though, once again, to put things in a perspective here, like, the, that's another thing that annoyed people. Ah, oh, the negativity. Like, people did not live to have grey hair back then. Maybe one or two people did. There's a lot of old people in, in fucking The Reckoning, and that just didn't make sense. Like, Matthew Hopkins, in real life, when Vincent Price is playing that character, was 22 years old, and Vincent Price is not 22 years old. I... <laughs> I can't tell you how much I like that your problem with the movie is like, wait a second, all of these people would be dead by now. Well, that's a big continuity thing I, for me. Like, I'm not disagreeing, you know what is, but I like it. Robert Eggers has spoiled me in which movies? True. Yeah, no, Robert Eggers is... But, he has you spoiled know. me on it because he got everything. The detail was immaculate. Even when we were chatting, remember when we were chatting with, with Jamie and Jamie was like that, the first thing that she saw was hand-stitched clothing and she was in... She's like, oh, they give a fuck about this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, you honestly, you watch this movie, and every time this leading actress turns around, it looks like she's walked into either a fucking Maybelline counter, at a department store, or she's sponsored by Sephora. As honestly as, like, you've never seen makeup. It's just immaculate all the time. Like, she's just been fucking brutalized, and then next scene, she's sitting there immaculate. <laughs> she's fucking shite. 
Um, uh, all right, all right. So I'll give you my bad, but but first, real quick, uh, Lori from chat w- uh, was throwing in the you know those euphemisms you use when you're watching something terrible, and uh, yes. she says for for theater situations, it's everyone must have worked really hard on this, <laughs> and that's a really good one. Like, oh yeah, you can see that. Yeah, they really. I mean, it's borderline unwatchable, but it looks <laughs> like they somebody was working. Yes. Um, <laughs> anyway, so my my bad, and I want oh, troubled re- shoot. Troubled shoot's a good one as well for when a movie's sure. just a fucking mess. Yeah, oh, was, you know, I, I think this was a troubled shoot. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> AKA the director did not know what the fuck he was doing. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the studio had far too much involvement. You know, what I mean? like it's yeah. a patchwork. Oh my! Right, give me your bad. Give me your bad. Okay, so uh, I really I've watched mostly really really good interesting stuff of late. Ooh, look at um, me, I'm Bowen. I only watch quality. Gone are yeah. the days of the Ouija Factory oh, Seven. Don't kid yourself; they're not gone, Duncan. Uh, it's just I, I, there was one I saw the other day called like Ouija Sasquatch, and I was like, oh, sir, <laughs> oh, oh well, what have we here? <laughs> So then I saw that's a future commentary. That's a future commentary. It, it, it was that's a money plane commentary. I'm almost sure sports. it was on Amazon Prime and it was only like an hour and six minutes long or something. Oh, so that's dude. why I was like, oh, uh, I mean, that sounds even too shitty for me, but I'll see it someday. Um, but we'll do we'll do a commentary on it. Okay. My, and hopefully Kelsey Grammar plays the Sasquatch. Let me, I'll, again, I'll have to confirm that the, it's Ouija Bigfoot or Ouija Sasquatch, one of the two. I Doesn't want matter, it to be both are amazing. <laughs> uh, in my head, Sasquatch sounds more official somehow. Like that sounds more like, like if you were gonna work in here, they they know the real name of the cryptid. Right, right. Like if you had a Ouija board and were trying to summon, uh, would you be like, I, "I we summon the spirit of Bigfoot"? It sounds yeah. a little stupid, but when you say. I, I mean, well, maybe it sounds stupid both ways, Duncan. I'm not going to argue this, but is it going to be like, a, like, see, when they have to do the the ultimate exorcism to get rid of the spirit of Bigfoot, are they going to use the Harry and the Hendersons? Get out, get out of here! We don't love you anymore, <laughs> Harry. They get a priest to come in and say that. Get out of here, Sasquatch! Nobody wants you anymore. Who's, who's, who's in that role again? Who plays John that Lithgow. guy? John Lithgow. Yeah, let's get John. Yeah, let's get John Lithgow. He's still alive. Like, yeah, <laughs> and it does it. weird enough shit that I think he might be game for it. <laughs> you know? Got ya! Acting! Um, so, anyway, that's for your future episode. But uh, what what I watched that was bad, uh, I, I recently rewatched all of those uh, Christopher Nolan Batman movies. And, oh, nice. And I gotta say, man, I think that Dark Knight Rises is just kind of a shitty movie. Uh, it's a right, real Donnie, What one's that one? Is that the third one? Yeah, that's the one with Bane, and there's uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt running all over that movie that doesn't really amount to much. And ah, well, I think it's mm, I think it was set up to be something that didn't happen, wasn't it? Yeah, was it supposed the, to be future Batman or something. I can't remember. Perhaps it, it it all just felt a little like everything about the movie felt like it was contractually obligated. As opposed to actually being a like, I love the Dark Knight. Well, ironically, Dark Knight, one of the best movies I've ever seen. It's incredible. I, I, yeah, it makes you. It makes you. I don't know how much of that movie is a hangover from the fact that Heath Ledger took his life. Right. 
Right. You know, you don't know, like, I, I imagine, just like what Nolan's like, I imagine there there was a, a distinct idea of what was supposed to be there. Um, Bane is not a captivating villain. And it doesn't you help I mean? that you can barely understand him. It's like he's Scottish. Uh, well, I, that makes sense, because I could completely understand him. So. <laughs> <laughs> but as an American, when he's just like, no, you can die. And you're like, what? What? Yeah. Well, I need I need subtitles for this movie I'm in the theater for. <laughs> I'm like I've turned into an old man who needs soup all of a sudden. <laughs> Where are my subtitles? Give me some cream of mushroom. <laughs> the beef stew is too chunky. <laughs> anyway, so that's the bad movie. I don't want to linger on it because it's like it's like it's a totally competent production. It's just kind of a shitty way to end that franchise. Mm. And watching them all back to back, it's like Batman Begins is pretty good. Dark Knight is amazing. And then Dark Knight Rises is like a big mess. I'm like, wait a second. What? Are there police trapped in the sewers for how long? Weeks? Are yeah, they? But I, I, the way I look at that series is that is very much the. You know, that, that to me is the epitome of a horror franchise done as a superhero trilogy. So you start with so much promise, and then you hit those really good ones in the middle, and then ultimately at the end, you're like, oh, no. <laughs> and why yeah. won't you end? Um, one too far. All of a sudden, there's a dog pissing on Batman's yep. grave. He's back. Comes back. Um, yeah. Just right. old, old busted Batman is the thing that kind of ruined it a little bit for me at the start it's when i knew i wasn't going to get the movie that i wanted the, yeah the whole idea that batman was just like well guess i'm gonna quit and that like that yeah. is a kind of a problem for me and anyway yeah. Yeah. but that's that's a real like nitpicky kind of nerd problem to have with it i'm kind of willing yeah. to let the movie go that go with that but all the catwoman stuff feels so tacked on too it doesn't really evolve into a real relationship and... i've said before this is the this is the problem with and this is where we get the hate mail so director duncan not at bow these are not bow's opinions this is just my general problem with like comic book adaptations in general is that like at some point they need to involve so many nods and so many characters and so many things just becomes nauseating um i think insular is better i think we're constantly raising the stakes to an extent, devalues the property. There's only so many times yeah. I can be worried that the city's going to burn down to the ground or the earth's about to blow up before I'm like, ah, eh. you know what I mean? And that's that's the problem. You raise the stakes so high so quickly that it's very difficult to rein it back. So when that movie spends half an hour at the beginning with old busted retired Batman and I, I'm like that, what are we doing here? <laughs> like, yeah. oh, come on. Uh, I just want it right in the middle of the action because I've I paid my dues. I've watched his origin. I want to feel like I have to watch him reestablish himself as Batman. I've that feels like an origin dues. story, which I have sat through. I I have, I have this image of you now, like singing some blue song about getting through the origin of Batman one more time. I paid my dues. No, I know. Even, I know what happened. The worst one. That's <laughs> not, not even the worst one. It's the Spider-Man origin. It's like yeah. I, like I saw that three times in the space of what fifteen years. Hey, I look. <laughs> what are we doing, Hollywood? All credit to the Marvel movies for not bothering with that. I mean, I, yeah, like, I don't need to see it. <laughs> okay, so uh, so there we we're getting some clarification 
on Ouija Sasquatch not appearing, but Ouija Shark and Ouija Mummy did. Might be thinking of Yo. Ouija Mummy. Now I that I think about it, we'll, it. Yeah, let's, uh, well, I don't know. Was it Ouija Mummy? I, I still feel like there was a Ouija Sasquatch somewhere. And maybe Ouija it was just a just fever seems- dream. That's your your brain saying, Bo, this is a script. Right. (laughs) This is a script she's been writing. Right. Like when I wake up tomorrow, I'll realize, like, oh no, it was Ouija Sasquatch by Bo Ransdell all along. Um, For years, they've been searching in the woods for the elusive cryptid. It's been. Little did they know that he was actually on the other side of the spirit world, coming coming to a prime near you. Right. Oh, now look, we'll get into some Sasquatch theories another day, but there is, Duncan, yeah. an entire theory about how the Sasquatch is kind of either uh, uh, associated with UFOs or maybe a magical being himself or, or Duncan, perhaps uh, it lives in a network of underground caves that allows it to avoid detection. And, ah, uh, and also... so the old uh, Friday, Friday the 13th remake theory. Nice. <laughs> right. That all the Sasquatches uh, have been like living underground with cages and uh bells and shit so yeah. when you wander into the woods they're like oh we can't <laughs> we we gotta get meeting their meal yeah. knife and fork on fine china and the bell goes oh cheese oh. it it's humans and then they have to go down to the caves for a little while until everybody leaves again um <laughs> i think i think we're onto something folks uh not only is that a great idea um Best we have idea ever let's we, make it happen we have lots of great ideas. Uh, if you would like us to answer a question, you can drop it in the chat right now. Here are a couple that were sent uh, via Facebook and email. Uh, you can, as always, uh, send your questions to Bo. That is B-O at legionpodcasts.com. Uh, that's how the Ram Man sent us a question, Duncan. Oh, we love that Ram Man. And he says, uh, and this is kind of on topic. All right, let's get to a serious issue. The Avengers. This is a hypothetical situation, but imagine if you will, if you will, a world where Thanos killed off all the MCU heroes. However, due to some interdimensional fuckery, the space-time continuum is fractured, and now four new heroes have arisen to face off against the Mad Titan. Here's the catch: all the heroes are characters from DBCC. So uh, his proposition <laughs> is. Power Ranger Wilford Brimley from the the X-Files mm-hmm. season. Uh, the High Priestess of Death from Too Old to Die Young, mm-hmm. which I think is a great call. Uh, yes. Stand-up comedian Pinhead. <laughs> which I don't know how effective he's going to be in that scenario, but... It depends. Depends what set he brings with him, Bo. He might slay them. Kill them laughing. <laughs> right. Oh, oh Thanos. Uh, you're a tough crowd. Uh, yeah. Oh, hello there, Thanos. Uh, what is the deal with this aeroplane food? Ah, um, you know. Yeah, <laughs> don't know. Yeah, that's right. Uh, and then his fourth is uh, Hippolyta from Lovecraft Ooh. Country, and Ooh, his good, question, good. yep, is how fucked is Thanos in this scenario, which we we were uh, touching on. He says uh, as a postscript. I was 100% sober while composing this email. So, um, see, I, what I would do is I would I would take Pinhead out of the equation and I would substitute Nadine from Twin Peaks. Her superpower would be the power of her 
squeaking voice would be enough to make like heads explode scanner style uh and then i would i would drop i would drop brimley power rangers all together i'd have a trio like charlie's angels of girl power and i think those three girls would kick thanos's ass i i like the nadine inclusion she's uh, too good not to include <laughs> like, right i'll come at you like, like a so, monkey it's all genitals yeah, so, and jaws so, super powered because remember, she had that freak strength when she dressed like a cheerleader. So she is practically a superhero already. Yeah, that's right. Not the one that anyone wanted, but what we deserved. She yes, she does get superpower. That man, she yeah. legit is. She is a superhero. So Twin Peaks is so good, like a superhero. So fucking good. Um, how, but how fucked is Thanos? Uh, I, you know, look. I think Power Ranger Wilford Brimley alone. It's just like it'll just march in and be like, all right, cut the bullshit, goddammit. Give me that goddamn glove. Everybody's going to go home. Mercer gone, goddammit. Right. <laughs> um, and then, of course, you've got the high priestess uh, of death. And, I mean, she'll she'll get Thanos to sing a song and then murder him right after. I might have to watch that show again because I've been pining for it recently. It was so fucking good. Yeah. I know, like, Nicholas Winden Refn teased something recently which people are interpreting as a season two, which I don't think is going to happen, but if it did, I'd be very happy, so. Oh, wow. I wonder. Either that or, like, Kojima will turn it into a video game. Why um, not? Yeah. Spinning Rumble. <laughs> Speaking of. Uh-huh. Question number two. Did you just segue? Did you just segue? I did. Just Uh, like, like, oh, oh, it's a beautiful thing to see in the wild. Yeah, it's, it felt good. Um, Robert asks, uh, what are a couple of games you both played last year that you had fun with and uh, would recommend? Uh, He tags on that he played a bit of uh, Phoenix Wright Ace Attorney, uh, which uh, I, I played a while back. Uh, and said he didn't get too far, but uh, yeah, I, that's a that's a real fun game. They did a remaster of it for all the con- new consoles and stuff. And if you've never played Phoenix Wright, you should. But Duncan, what I about you? Not- what, uh, what what games have you played over the past year or so that you would recommend to folks? Um, the big one for me last year was Ghost of Tsushima, uh, which I thought was like hands down incredible um i love like, I, I mean i'm a, a big fan of samurai movies and kurosawa and, and all that jazz anyway and it felt very authentic to that and then playing that game with you know the score of seven samurai and all that playing my headphones is the way you do that you just like a, a renegade ro- ronin just uh roaming the the wilds uh, dispatching Mongols. Um, it was really good. I also got a chance to, although I never ever completed it, and I'm I'm probably going to hold off now because there's rumors afloating that it's going to be remastered for PS5 with additional content. But that Death Stranding, um, I got halfway through that, and that is a weird fucking game. But for all its weirdness, and I'm just walking from A to B, trying not to fall over. It was so immersive that I lost like hours playing that, like just just completely like absorbed by the gameplay. Uh, so those are probably the two big ones. I don't get ne- I'm obviously trying to get back into gaming now, but I don't get nearly as much time. Certainly last year to sit down and and video game as much as I want, uh, just because of the podcast and stuff. Uh, but this year I'm making a concerted effort to to do more with it. So. Uh, Bo will have played about a million times more games uh, that, than I did last year. But those are the two that stood out to me. Yeah, I've yet to play 
uh, either of those actually. So um, I would Death Stranding for the reasons of like ah, I'm kind of waiting for this to hit like the remaster. I was yeah. kind of hoping they'd throw that into that you know PS5 package of like hey yeah. play these old PS4 games you know. Um, and uh, but I'll at some point I'll get to Tsushima. That'll happen this year. Oh, dude, yeah, yeah that's that. I mean, that's my my fear was it was going to feel very much like um like a kind of the Asian Assassin's Creed that I always wanted but never got. Um, and it kind of it does follow certain things like that, but it's it's if you if you grew up watching proper like authentic samurai movies from like the the sixties and seventies, um, that's that's the world that inhabits and everything is done meticulous like there are points in the game there are all these different haiku points where you just stop and create your own haiku which i just love that as just being a, a an element in the game <laughs> yeah so, let's let's compose a haiku um so i'm like yeah let's do that i know i've just slaughtered a whole uh you know band of marauding mongols a couple of minutes ago but you know what i am i'm gonna i'm gonna stop and compose this haiku while looking at this beautiful waterfall reminiscing over my dead uncle yeah Um, i mean culture is its art duncan it's not yes it's not who you kill it's who who you write about yeah a culture is its art i don't know if you know this scotland is famous for deep fat frying a mars bar it's true and god bless their uh, clogged hearts you're welcome world (laughs) that one was for you um <laughs> Tennessee, we learned how to deep fry a deep fryer. And uh that's Easty. been it's been successful. It's made the the county fair circuit. Um it, uh, there was usually... recently a video there's a there was a video I saw recently and I can't remember who what channel it was on. Um but it was doing this it was doing the circle on if you ever if you ever just wanna like I know Scotland is the brunt of a few jokes. Uh Mostly at the hands of Scots because we d- we do like poking fun at ourselves. Mm-hmm. But the list of things that were invented in this country is fucking daunting, like like ridiculous. Uh, and there was a I need to find it, but there's a, a guy who goes through it all. He doesn't even touch on the big ones like television and telephone. I mean, he doesn't get as far as that. But the the list is like he just keeps going through it. And I'm like, yeah, but we did a lot until <laughs> like 1940, and then we just stopped. I'm like, fuck it. <laughs> Yeah, Deep just fat fry the Mars bar. <laughs> Look, yeah, you, you take you take a century off. You you get your breath. You declare independence, and then mm. you know you've got the the next renaissance of of Scotland. It could happen. It could happen. I look. I'm uh, all I, for I was it. seeing. <laughs> I, I was seeing. Although it did seem like the beginning of a dystopian, um, like horror movie. But uh, Scottish scientists, uh, I think it's Edinburgh University, uh, are on a good track to, um, I think it's uh, create like a a vaccine. Well, it won't even be a vaccine. It'll be a curable treatment for motor neurons disease. Um, oh, wow. Like they're very, 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 very close to that, apparently. Uh, so scotland and, and bug fast and kebabs ian points out yes yeah that's that is true that's bug fast is fucked up you guys but fast is not nice yeah that is <laughs> that's a rough drink i can't drink it yeah i can't drink it and i've got friends that like my older brother my older brother like and he's not an alcoholic i just want to stress that right there but my oh, older wow. brother that's always how well, a good story starts He's not, he's not. But if my older brother is going for, like, if he's going to the, for a night out or whatever like that, like, I've been at weddings with him 
where like like early early like because I imagine America's the same. Uh, like you go to the reception, alcohol is a bit pricey because it's a wedding, so they tack a couple of pound on a pint. Um, and he'll very very quickly go right like come on, and we'll go and try and find like a because well I know America is different depending on what state you are, but pretty much any shop can apply to be an off license. So like even small like grocery shops can be an off license. So like alcohol is readily available and um, he will, you know, like, come on, let's go. And he'll go in and buy himself a bottle, which he will just sink as if it's nothing. Um, and that's him in the zone. And if I have a sip of it, I vom. Oh, I'm like, I'm like, uh, I'm like right from the exorcist, like yeah. funnel of, of green split pea soup uh, right across the room. It, but he can... That's his night out started when he when he has one of them and it's vile. Oh, that's the worst. Um Petrol mixed with Vimto, says Ian. So that's that's his description of Buckfast, which isn't far off it. What you missed the caffeine. There's like that caffeine content and right. <laughs> fucking Buckfast is through the roof. If right, anytime you're basing your beverage decision on I need to be really, really fucked up, but I can't fall asleep right now. <laughs> <laughs> like <laughs> You know, you're just you're you're in a weird place in life, and you just need to stop and think about it. It's how you go drinking in Elm Street, boy. I don't know if you know that. <laughs> right? Yeah, the Elm Street kids need bug fast, but the rest of yeah, us... for, forget what was that hypnosil? That yes, I forget was about to make a hypnosil. God damn you! It should have been bug fast. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> One, two, bug fast coming for you. Um, it's the song they sing when you're about to be homeless. Yep. <laughs> so, uh, Duncan. Yes, Bo. Let's uh, let's get to the real reason we're here. How about we start the show? And uh, you mean we haven't already? Eh, ish. Um. So as it's what as, they call a preamble. Yeah, it, that's a an introduction, which has become yeah. just half the show. Um, yes. But uh, so th- this episode, and and as always, I point out to listeners: uh, look, not only do you not have to watch this show to enjoy this portion <laughs> of our show, we kind of recommend yeah. you don't. Yeah, and let's not give them any more. I mean, once they make season four and Cronenberg's done his bits and and left, right? Well, let's just make sure. Like, unless that season is amazing, I like three episodes, and I am surprised it's got a season two. I'm yes, but we'll anyway. Let's get to our dark business, which is uh, a, a show that we mention is is entitled "Like as Fire Eateth Up and Burneth Wood," yep. which uh, rolls in, off the tongue, right? As I think about it, just means uh, as things burn. Yes, that's a burny a, things a long and stupid way of of burning wood. Uh, so anyway, uh, it's prom night. 1968 and the movie night of the creeps is just beginning duncan and i get excited for a second but it turns out that this convertible is not in fact in night of the creeps which is a real bummer it is instead in slasher and it's a bunch of kids like high school kids on their way to prom i believe yeah this is how the previous episode finished so but we're getting a bit more context a bit more meat on the bones bowl yeah, because the one thing that I constantly think when I'm watching Slasher is, could you go into more extended detail? <laughs> and and uh, so a couple of girls in the front seat are arguing about some music and like, 
the the stuck up girl as we will learn is uh what's her name sonia uh the mm-hmm. the older lady who's now married to the the mayor mayor um, yeah, yeah and she's like who needs all that rolling stones in music that's good to fuck to when you have frankie valley and ada her friend is in the middle yeah it's real snarly and yep. ada's <laughs> like you know i like that music but i like frankie valley too because i'm a bridge builder i'm a peacemaker yeah yeah, speaking of bridges. <laughs> right. And so as they're talking about that, they're driving under this bridge. And uh, Crazy Girl from the last episode is dropping a cinder block from the bridge into the moving, uh, the moving convertible. Mm. And it fucking hits the, the girl that the bridge builder, the peacemaker, Ada, right in the fucking skull. Yeah, I, I believe this is like an actual physical cop block. <laughs> right. It's a, a block block. A block block. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and and we'll get to the, the reasons why this happens. Oh, but, yeah. And, and right before this, they're also bad mouth and their, their quote, slut friend, who it yeah. turns out is the best character on the show. Best character by a country fucking male. Yeah. And anyway, so we cut. Also, from- well, like just before going any further, that revelation which we're going to get to, but like you know, that character can't can't really criticize her daughter for all the film sex, surely. No, she's a fucking murderer, <laughs> or almost you know I mean? attempted murderer. You know what I mean? Like I was just thinking, like, I-, I pivoted from that to the righteousness that she was uh, like like sweeping out amongst everyone in the previous episode and i was like "Mm, the lady doth protest too much right (laughs) i mean like we'll get to it but you know sarah is right when she's like you're a fucking murderer you know (laughs) (laughs) you murdered her you might as well put a potato in her mouth and choked her to death um Sometimes stereotypes are true, but yeah, sometimes they are. That's that was that, that's 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 how they execute people in Ireland back before <laughs> before corporal punishment was uh, before the potato famine. Punishment. That's why the potato before famine the, happened. Yeah. They, no, 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 no. They used the potato, the poison potatoes, to kill them. Oh, death by poison potato. The old poison potato routine. <laughs> <laughs> you think I'm gonna fall for the old poison potato in the tailpipe? <laughs> You gotta no. You gotta let it come loose. Say, I ain't gonna fall for no potato, no pail, tailpipe. <laughs> <laughs> what you don't know is I've slowly been building up an immunity to poison potatoes. <laughs> but you would know. <laughs> anyway, so we we cut away from this horrible tragedy of this girl getting knocked in the fucking skull with the cinder block to this old woman laying in bed and we see brenda our our grandmother you know sarah's yep. grandmother on the show and she's like i gotta tell you ada i <laughs> i trade places with you in a second look at you lying there you look so classy right Look, after the day I've had, I could use a nap for about 20 or 30 years. <laughs> anyway, so then we do our opening credits, and we, we we come back 
to Robin just kind of fondling Justin's dead body in a funeral home because remember yeah. he died in the last episode because of rat poison. Yeah, yeah, the most elaborate setup ever. Like Jigsaw would be proud. <laughs> right. <laughs> Justin, I want to play a game. Yeah, it will take an entire episode to do and will involve impossible situations with your boyfriend, which I'll use as a distraction to get you. Do you want to play? Oh, it's... Oh, God. No, anyway, I don't want to play. I need, at, <laughs> at the end of this season, I need whoever is behind this, probably Cam, uh, <laughs> to sit down and say, here is how I orchestrated everything because this is baffling. This yeah, is giallo-level complicated. Yeah, at this point just now, I want Cam to be revealed, but also to have his face removed and realize it was Willie, the lighthouse keeper. I, I went to be Chief Brimley all along. and <laughs> God, me God, God, God damn it. I'm just tired of all of you telling me that I'm wrong. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, and, morning so much about a serial killer being in the town that you actually gave him a serial killer in the town. Kind of like that. Yeah, that's right. you, Watch what you ask for. Yeah, it's a real careful what you wish for. So yes, Brimley going to give it to you. Brimley going to give it to you. God damn it! <laughs> I, I now Rat Brimley is all I can think about. Rat Brimley, he's got big golden chains around him, a bandana. A grill? Oh, could you imagine Wilford Brimley with, um, like, a gold grill in his mouth? Instead of, like, a little John Yeah, it's, God damn it! <laughs> he, he comes in to just jump on people's tracks to, God damn it! His, his mobility scooter's got those, like, those... those Spinners, yeah. <laughs> Some neon <laughs> underneath. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, I need that movie. Guys, <laughs> oh, sir, gotta go. I'm about to drop something on Lil Nas's new new record. <laughs> you know, got like, got to head the studio. Goddamn it! Love this idea of like a kind of almost uh, usual suspects flashback to how things actually happened between Biggie and Tupac. You <laughs> right. find it was Br- it was Brimley that killed them all along. Yeah, Brimley with that gun in Vegas. Biggie says hi, God damn it. Flap, flap, flap. <laughs> I think we cracked the case. Finally. I knew we would, Bill. It was Any- inevitable. <laughs> anyway, Duncan, in the show that we're talking about. Oh, yeah, the show. That's right. Yeah. Slasher. Sarah and Dylan are heroes? Question mark. Um, just kind of park somewhere and start walking around. I wasn't really sure why. It's there. It's yeah. clear they're coming from the funeral, and then they just get out of their car and they wander to the police station. Mm-hmm. But Dylan's like, "Well, at least it was a nice service, and you know, people seem to really like Justin." And Sarah flips out on him, and she's like, "Jesus, Mary and Joseph, it's not a popularity <laughs> contest." And she's like. Look, I'm sorry. I've been under a lot of pressure lately, on account of all the murders, and thinking I might be next in all. And and Dylan's like, yeah. Yeah, kind of transitioning a little bit towards Dick Van Dyke. Love it. Keep it going. Whatever. But I'm, I'm confused whether she's a, a, a humble Irish potato farmer or a Cockney chimney sweep. 
It's kind of like the Brundle fly equivalent. Keep it going, boy. Why do you have Loving to put it? labels on stuff, Duncan? Have you not watched In and of Itself yet? <laughs> so. <laughs> Don't worry about the accent. She's not. We care more about her accent than she did, clearly. I'm done. She doesn't give a fuck, boy. Do not paint me as the as the villain here. <laughs> I will not stand for it or sit for it. I will stand for nothing. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> but Dylan's whole argument against her being upset is just like, baby, everything's confusing right now. It's like, what? And he's yep. like, yeah, just don't worry about it. You are a terrible husband. That is the he's shittiest advice away. I've ever heard. It's like two seconds away from saying life is hard. <laughs> it is. It's a total like, I don't know. Shit's fucked up, I guess. And, and that's yeah, it. I bought it's you a t-shirt truck. that says life's a bitch, then you die. And so they just wander to the police station where a bunch of vagrants with cameras are standing waiting for uh, the chief to come out. And yeah. and <laughs> Cam is like, hey, I'll, I'll, uh, I'm going to have a uh, cop car watching your house and stuff. And then Mayor... It, Look, this mayor, uh, who's Sonia's husband and all that, he comes out, he looks like he is either on or fresh off of a bender. You know, yeah. like he, his clothes are all rumpled. So I mean, it's just like, you know, <laughs> hail to mayor hangover. And yeah. <laughs> he comes out to, to just announce like, well, we arrested Heather. And Dylan, who uh, I maybe Sarah just followed up dylan along because he was supposed to be reporting on this but Maybe. they're also coming from the funeral <laughs> this is all real hazy and but anyway dylan is like uh yeah dylan from the one newspaper in town uh yeah <laughs> <laughs> dylan we had dinner at your house last night um, um because they all know each other come on yeah it's oh. it's so stupid and then he says, uh, a, uh, Dylan is like, hey, do you believe the murders of uh, Justin and Vernon McBride are connected? And the mayor is just like, totally, 100%. Yeah, yeah like we got a, <laughs> a real problem, a real killer. And yep. <laughs> Dylan actually looks surprised like, oh, did he just to he just answered that question in a straightforward manner? Oh, all right. Hangover, bull. See, when you're hungover, you will say anything to make the conversation stop. <laughs> right. He's just like, whatever, man. And, and fortunately, Chief Brimley shows up and just pushes him out of the way. He's just like, all right, God damn it, look. <laughs> I, got, I got something to tell everybody. We got we got the goddamn autopsy results from that, that gay feller. And before he can get anything out, which, by the way, why are you interrupting somebody reporting autopsy results? That is something mm -hmm. this guy will never do. Like, hey, hey, before you get to the cool reason why someone died, let me interrupt you to ask questions. Jesus Christ, sit on it for a second. But some let lady... me tell you everything that we know. Right. <laughs> like, so, let's just get like all those details out there in the public domain. I hope you're writing this down, news folk. And oh, instead, man. before he can get it out, some lady reporter is like, "Wait a second, I've got a question." What do you think Heather's motive was? Uh, and he's like, um, look, that's kind of an ongoing investigation. Yeah. And he, Brimley is like, look, we, we had a goddamn eyewitness 
It said there were some issues with business dealings with Justin, and he was, and she was real upset about it. And that's all. I'm done. Questions over. He's closed. <laughs> and so as he's taken off, Sarah is like, I think they got the wrong executioner. <laughs> I'm going to do that every time I see you taking a drink, just an FYI. <laughs> and I think Torino wants us still out there. Something isn't odding up here. <laughs> yeah. We better investigate. Um, <laughs> so it works. <laughs> Chicken skewing in the back. Oh, man. Oh, oh. Uh, Anyway, so Brenda is back in, like, or still at, question mark, uh, Ada's bedroom. Mm -hmm. And um, talking to her about, like, you know, oh, back in the day. Look, here's some pictures of the people we went to school with. Look at this fat pig. Huh? Remember when he looked like a real something back in the day? Now now he looks like you'd be clapping for him to grab a fish out of a trainer's hand. <laughs> and, and Sonia, uh, her bitchy Fred that she ran into on the street the last episode shows up and is like, Hey, dummy, she's a vegetable. <laughs> she can't yeah. hear you. And uh, Britt is <laughs> like, been like that since that, that stone fell out of the sky, right? <laughs> and hey. a crime that no one seems convinced or even interested about doing anything about anymore. Right. Do Incidentally, you... where were you that night? You know, what I mean? <laughs> just doesn't mean well. But it, what we realize is they were talking about her in the car, and they were like, Yeah, she doesn't have a date to prom because yeah. she's a slut. And slut, slut. I and... don't know if that's how that works, like. I the prom i would have thought that would have like in that time period that would have aided your selection for prom right you're you're certainly not the last pick for dodgeball you know what i'm saying um (laughs) also you're not dodging them balls no i mean you're accepting them thank you balls. you're gargling them oh oh, duncan (laughs) he said that bad like that's a that's a bad thing that happened there and so sonia is like I come by every other week and spruce her up, aka put some makeup on this potato. And Brenda is is getting chatty <laughs> uh, about like, oh, it is so nice that we can see each other again. And Sonny is like, hey, cut the bullshit. What are you doing here? And uh, Brenda's like, okay, you got me. I've been kind of a bad friend for a little while. But I'm trying to make up for lost time. And Sonia is like, first of all, go fuck yourself. I can't give you whatever absolution you're looking for. Mm-hmm. And Brenda's like, fine, I'm leaving. But you know what? I wish that cinder block had fallen a couple of feet to the left. You know what I mean, Sonia? Like on your noggin? Huh? <laughs> and and then she takes off and Sonia is like, mm. You know, hmm. bitch. And <laughs> bitch. Yeah, I like these two are almost coming to blows every episode, which I really dig. Uh which would be a good thing to flesh out over more episodes, Bo. It would have been nice, yes. So we cut to Sarah, who is hanging art in her gallery. <laughs> of course she is. Right. <laughs> like she in one day she 
painted it and got the register set up and yeah. all that stuff. Now she's now, hanging now, on. I'm looking forward to this scene because the way she looks back in this scene and kind of plays it off as if maybe she was in the wrong. I'm going to say she was in the right 100%. This is, this guy, like when he come through the door, a rape whistle should have been <laughs> used straight away. He should give and one to like, her. You're going to need this in a minute. You're, you're going to need this for this scene. Um, because like th- this guy comes in, he's looking around the, and she's like instantly she's kind of something kind of strange here asks a lot of questions getting very personal with the the pictures he's particularly fascinated by it and this is the best thing the picture that's out on the shop floor amongst all the other paintings that are for sale though that looks like it might be for sale um and he just wants to know who did it can he buy it and all the rest? And of course, this is a picture that she started painting since the executioner appeared back on the scene. So this is obviously her, you know, channeling this as part of her, uh, you know, artistic musings uh, on the canvas. But this guy is two steps away from full-on physical assault. Yeah. Right? He's it's the like, really, of- he's like right up in her face and he's cordoned her off. And it's very personal. The way she talks about this later on is if this innocent customer, innocent customer came in to buy a picture and she overreacted. I'm like, no, you shouldn't need him in the balls, maced him in the eyes, flung him out the fucking door, locked it, phoned the police. There's a killer on the list. Yeah. It, it's a disturbing performance from this dude. Like, he's the kind of guy that just stops just a little short of asking for some of her hair. You know? I swear, I swear it was not far off it. It's, it is so blatantly, I mean, there's red herrings, right? And then there are, look at this guy, look at this guy, look at this guy. And that is literally what they're doing here. And he's just been invited, you know, he's just been like invented as a character for this particular scene. So he's not the fucking killer. We know that slasher. So don't bother trying to make it that way. And if you're going to make it that way, make it more through the whole scene is through her eyes. And this guy doing things that could be interpreted as reasonable through her eyes are, you know, are, are, are menacing. But no, no, no. This guy literally is the, the creepiest creep ever who has creeped in a gallery. Yes. Yeah. yeah. His opening gambit is, you're Sarah, I take it. And <laughs> she's like, the fuck? And... He's like, yeah, I, I looked you up on the Chamber of Commerce website. I've paid attention to everybody who moves into town, and yeah. I've got a file on them at home. I've got, I've got, I've got, I've got a hole cut in my pocket to keep my change right now. Uh, you know <laughs> yeah. what I mean? I moved here last spring, and you know, I just need some stuff on my walls other than feces and straw. You know, <laughs> and. And then after he hits on... Yeah, I, I need proper art my, on my wall, not photos of all the women that are in town with red circles around their faces <laughs> and their husbands cut out of the pictures. Those belong in the files. I, I also cut out their eyes, you know. <laughs> Do you see? Huh? Do you see? <laughs> <laughs> But it's a real Tom Noonan performance, isn't it? He's two steps away from pulling the stock and just over the top of his head to buy a picture. <laughs> hey, you want you want to go pet a tiger? Huh, Sarah? 
come come pet my tiger. So, and later on, though, I mean, to your point, she goes home and calls Dylan, who is still at work, question mark, and yeah. and is like, you're never going to believe it. This really nice guy came in and bought six paintings. Yeah, really nice guy, enthusiastic buyer who bought six paintings, practically sexually molested me. But because I'm paranoid, I took the things that he did in my shop as being aggressive. Yeah, and... And then she's like, boy, I sure wish you was home so I can feel safe. I miss you. And then outside we see that, hey, someone, a.k.a. the dark condom, is watching. Yep. <laughs> um, and th there's like, you see the police car kind of position. I have the condom like, you need, not the condom you want. Yeah. <laughs> I've got a hole in the tip. <laughs> it's, I need, I need something mobile for dogs. <laughs> Yeah. You sure, Tiger Condom? Yes. You heard what I said. <laughs> oh, I was out of the way. <laughs> Some condoms just want to see the world burn, Master Way. <laughs> I will not bury another condom. I won't do it. Flushing it down the toilet. Yeah. Another used condom, Master Wayne. Oh. Oh. I want to see you as a condom. <laughs> While I drink my Funnet Bronco. <laughs> so. Oh, that's real dumb. And. <laughs> so, meanwhile. Oh, uh, our, our man Robin is on the phone with an angry customer, uh, who's, you know, something about listing a house or something. And Robin is like, Hey, husband just died and was murdered horribly <laughs> from poison. But you give me a break. And you, so, you might have read about it cause it's in the papers, you know, the local paper front page. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and so he hangs up on this dude. And then in comes Trent. <laughs> Trent, which the show is so desperately, desperately wanting you to say, well, Trent's a killer. Right. He's doing everything but, like, reading a copy of The King in Yellow. Oh, oh I, yeah. At the end of this episode, and like, this is Slash's equivalent of the gas mask scene. Yeah. At the end of episode three of fucking True Detective. Yes. Um, it's like, honestly... <laughs> I see oh, what you're doing, Slasher. I, was, I see yeah, what I was you're doing. I was like, I'm like, really? I've been doing this. I've been doing it. Really? Oh, man. No, 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 no. So Trent comes in and Trent's yeah. all heart. You know, he's a big heart in this guy. Yeah. It, it, like his whole deal, which isn't wrong, is that Justin had given him a check that bounced. And Robin is like, well, let me check and see what I got on me. And Trent's like, oh, no, no, no. This is a, a $250,000 check. It's the yeah. down payment for my hunting lodge. And I'm I'm going to come back tomorrow and I'm going to expect a check for $250,000 that doesn't bounce. And I, I mean I'm not I'm not okay with things uh, to do with checks that like I I luckily grew up in a time period where checks were kind of on the way out. And could you cut a check for a quarter of a million? Sure you could. You can write a check Could for you? anything. 
It's fucking nuts. Yeah. I look, I can write a check for three billion dollars right now, Duncan. <laughs> I'm surprised that anyone got anything done. Like, I'm surprised that everyone wasn't fucking bankrupt and there's one supreme ruler who like I mean checks are so easily fucking let me, forged. Let me tell you a, a little story. When I worked at a little grocery store when I was mm-hmm. uh in high school, you know, I did like bagging groceries and socking shelves, that kind of shit. It was a little mom and pop place. And this is before the age of widespread internet. And yeah. so uh when and and people would run those scams, they would come in and we would charge a fee to cash a check. But what they yep. would do is, you know, take that money, deposit it in their bank to cover the other checks that they had written. So it's yeah. this constant like cascade of I got to stay ahead of it. Yeah. And yeah. and some people would get real fucked. Like somebody would just not show up for a while. And you'd be like, hey, what happened to Willie? And they'd be like, oh, he's in jail now. He was passing bad checks Dunkle. all over town. And, <laughs> uh, but, you know, we got our money. Uh, so. In, uh, was it the, the, the say, uh, oh, what's that? It's not, I can't remember. There's a, there's a paying Peter to pay Paul. No, oh, yeah. Sense. Robbing Peter to pay Paul. That's it, robbing yep. Peter to people. Like that sort of idea. That's mm-hmm. I just I never I never understood like the whole check thing at all. I, I suppose maybe the world was just a bit more trusting. It was. It, it was uh before we we <laughs> got to know that everybody was kind of a shit bag, it, you yeah. kind of were free to assume that some people were good. Mm-hmm. Um and you know, that's largely been dispelled. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, the last five years has really really went out of its way to make sure that you don't think that. <laughs> all right, let's Let's get to the one of the the scene winners of of this oh. episode, mm-hmm. which is Brenda uh, hanging out at the bar, the local bar, having a martini, and Mayor yep. Hangover comes in for a little hair of the dog, <laughs> and Brenda sees him is like, "Oh, Ronnie, 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 how about you come sit down next to Brenda? Sit down beside your old pal, Brenda." And yeah, he's just like, well, I don't know. I mean, I probably shouldn't cut to a hallway and he and Britta are just fucking in the hall. Yeah, he's he's trying to get knuckles deep and Brenda's, <laughs> you know, I mean, like Brenda's like moving them around, maneuvering and it looks like things are about to get like, oh man. And you know what I, I love is that the mere hangover just keep mentioning the fact that he's married. I mean, nothing turns on a woman like the fact that the man she's about to fuck is married. I mean, this is a you know, and I mentioned how great she looked when she was younger and all the rest. And then Brenda dries up quick. <laughs> yeah, know? she's like, I'm not one of any of this. Yeah, totally changes her mind midstream. And he's like, Oh, come on, baby, you want this as much as I do? And yeah. then Brenda says, and I quote, "Look, your ass feels like cauliflower. You got more <laughs> hair on your back than your head." And yet, dick has always been two sizes too small. So, no, I don't need it. What, it what was missing in that tremendous. scene is all the doors and the hallway should open up and people should just come out like, boom! Right. <laughs> there are, it's the sickest barn. It is. It's tremendous. And, and one of someone the calling Someone calling 911 to get like a, like, we need a burns unit here straight away stat. The bartender um, just leans into the hallway with a <laughs> bottle of aloe. Sir, yeah. I believe you're going to need this on account of that <laughs> sick burn. Yes. Someone, someone out of nowhere, just for no reason at all, the camera passed away. Damn. Right. You know, like, 
God damn! It totally like because it's a, a, an amazing put down, like like just well crafted. But then I was thinking, I was thinking about this. What the, like, was Brenda always going to do this then? Was it just to like the motivation's not fully formed here? Is yeah. like was she always going to do this just to humiliate him as a way to get back at these people, or was this a fact that she she really wanted? She's on this tear to try and recapture her youth. That she really wanted this, and then in the moment she, you know, her heart grew three sizes that day, and her conscience did as well. I don't, I don't know. It just feels like so strange. And once again, she's the best character in this. Yeah, my my theory, Duncan, and it's only yep. a theory because you're right. We have there's so much fan fiction you have to write to make this show make sense. Yeah, but my theory is that it's it's it is kind of recapturing her lost youth a little bit. Because there's the conversation in the um, convertible about how, like, Ronnie might, or like, she might have been into Ronnie, and Sonya, yeah. as a kid, is shutting that shit down, is like, no, 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 Ronnie is, that's my dick, you know? <laughs> and so I think there's a little bit of that, and then coupled with her realizing, like, what she's doing and kind of the shame of it, of, like, yeah, you know what am I? I'm I'm a grown woman trying to chase this, and again, this is all me reading into what I w- kind of want that character to be versus maybe what it is. Yeah, um, which is probably probably a writer's room going. I don't know what to write next. Maybe they fuck. Maybe they stop in the middle of it. Yeah, let's just do both. Um, how about instead uh, the executioner shows up? Yeah, good, Jim. And so, <laughs> and, and, right, and that's what happens. We cut from that to the the dark condom yanking the cop out of. Uh, the, his cruiser in front of Sarah's house. Once again, also kind of maybe hinting towards the fact that this might be Cam. It might be Cam. Like, I think Cam or Dylan are kind of the people that you're maybe chasing. Because, yeah. like, Cam, Cam, you would have thought, like, Cam's the one that put the cop car there. Right. So, what better way to throw them off the scent than to be Cam? Right, and also to not be married or anyway so anyway so sarah is inside the house and she gets a a phone call but nobody says anything and she's just like oh faith and pagora and she hangs up (laughs) and then it rings again and you know hello hello and nothing so it rings a third time and finally she's like all right here's what's gonna happen i'm gonna go get the cop outside and (laughs) The, Listen here, I've got a particular set of skills that <laughs> make me a very dangerous woman to prank call. Yeah. Listen, you're about to be taken. Because um, <laughs> that is your accent. I've realized that since the last recording, you are doing the female Liam Neeson, and I love it. All right, well, <laughs> look, call it what you will. It is... <laughs> it's amazing this what I call it, though. Uh, <laughs> so... Liana Neeson is your voice just now. It's amazing. I'll take it. Um... And then the voice is like, do you like scary movies? <laughs> She's like, what? What? And Jason's mother is a killer in Friday the 13th. And, <laughs> oh, shit. I do that. And then she says, oh, uh, the voice says, brave, stupid Sarah. Yeah. And then she's like, oh, I know it'll put an end to this. And she hangs up and, like, star 69's the number or whatever mm-hmm. to call it back. And it starts ringing from inside the house. Oh, my God. Oh. 
and then the uh the executioner aka dark condom starts coming down the stairs mm-hmm. after her, and she tries to run outside but opens the door and there's the cop's body and she's yep. like oh and then like turns around and runs the other way and then like right towards the executioner and she's like Oh, instead of jumping over the body to continue out she comes back into the house ball it's Um, so dumb you're right just jump over the body like why are you anyway so she decides like oh wait i've seen some movies what's the best place to hide i know the closet (laughs) and so she runs upstairs to the closet like jamie lee curtis and like the dark condom is is slowly coming up the stairs and comes to the door and starts rattling it and shit and Sarah's holding it closed Mm -hmm. and then there's nothing for a second and then she hears Cam's voice calling after like Sarah you home (laughs) and he finds her your old buddy Cam (laughs) not to kill her (laughs) right she rushes out and he's got like dark circles around his eyes like a raccoon (laughs) It is a total like boyfriend killer, boyfriend killer moment. Yeah, you know what I mean it's except it says cop killer, cop killer. You know what I mean? It's I mean it's too much, kind of leaning towards scream for me not to think it's Cam. Right, and because he kind of looks out the window like the killer went out that way. Yeah, but it could also very well just be him like thinking I almost had her. Um, yeah. I don't know why he's Irish too. That's just me fucking up. Well, it's, it's, it's just infectious, bro. It is. I well, I like talk- pull. It just like spreads through language. <laughs> I talk like that more than I should. Um, <laughs> but so later, uh, Chief Brimley is saying, like, look, first and foremost, this is not some goddamn executioner. He's dead. <laughs> All right? Whoever killed Darren McBride and Justin ain't the goddamn executioner. And Brenda and Dylan are bickering as well about sarah moving away like the you mm-hmm. know brenda's position is you gotta get her out of here like she's yeah, gonna end up dead brenda's position is what i said five minutes into episode one <laughs> like, like why is she back in this house regardless of the sweetheart deal she got why is she back in the house that her parents were murdered in yeah why and like, also had just been attacked brenda's Yes, I get like Brenda is like she should not be here. And I'm like that. Brenda Cocktease no bitch. I'm with you hundred percent. Let's get her out. Like, and if you cared anything, Mr. Boyfriend Man, you would have had her out a long time ago. Yeah. No, yeah, hundred percent correct. Yeah. And so uh Anyway, so they're trying to figure out, is she going to leave tonight? Is she going to leave in the morning? And Sarah looks at Dylan. She's like, so are you going to take off back to that paper? Are you going to take care of me in the house? And he's like, no, baby, I'm going to be here. And she's like, all right, we'll stay here tonight. And then first thing in the morning, we're going to get the hell out of here. Once again, go now. Like this, you don't have to charter a, a train or book a carriage or anything like that. You have a vehicle. There's three of you. You can alternate drivers. Leave the fucking town. Right. Right. I'm like, why, why? Oh, let's just sleep on this decision one night. Makes not a lick of sense. If you're committed to go, go. Hop on the bus, Gus. Don't need to discuss much. Get, get the fuck <laughs> out. And But they're going to stay. And Cam 
is you know watching over this and and brenda starts to eyeball cam a little bit like look at this oh and like water. she does she's like mm, mm, mm. yeah and she oh, but i am and fight to resist i'm resisting arrest hey you know what a gilf is <laughs> and, and uh she's a super gilf super gilf she's, she's super, super gilfy <laughs> unplanned unrehearsed yeah. um, but all right Magical. so then they stay in the house the next morning sarah uh is like complaining about the fact that uh you're never gonna believe this chief brimley ain't gonna release heather because it could have been a prank or something at, at my house instead of the real killer and also i don't know the judicial system like just because <laughs> Just because it's like, oh, maybe the person we arrested isn't the right person. Yeah. You, there's still a process to release them. They, you still have to weigh evidence and shit. And yeah, you can't just be like, oh, this isn't the right. Let's, well, let's let them go. <laughs> like, my bad. Sorry. Right. Um, <laughs> yeah. Chief Brimley is like, we arrested her. No backsie. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> She's going to our town serial killer jail. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we, we got two cells, one for the resident serial killer, one for other. Um, so she's also uh, she tells Robin he needs to to leave as well, and because they're having this walk through the park, uh, Sarah and Robin, and he's like, "Look, there's this whole will that I have to unravel, not to mention the house and the business, and also I just don't understand why Justin was a target." And Sarah's like. You got to really think about it sometimes. Yeah, he must have done something to get onto Executioner's radar. Well, this is the theory from, like, Tim the Killer. Tim the Killer has basically told her that everyone has a sin somewhere. Um, And that's how, that's, how is he picking them? You know, (laughs) she roaming around the west. You know, (laughs) she's a great big fat person. (laughs) <laughs> sure, great, great, great. Um, <laughs> so he's he's put forward the suggestion that everyone holds a secret which is the nauseating part of this show because i now know that every episode is going to start with well this happened in the past for this person and then we're going to flash forward and see them die by the executioner because that's how this show's written but the, the idea and i mean it's not difficult to work out what the idea might be they move into some territory though which was slightly unexpected and dumb as fuck yeah, um, it it so far doesn't seem to be going anywhere, but we'll see. Yeah. So, but after Sarah kind of questions Robin, he's like, "Yeah, there was that one time that we pushed some squatters off our <laughs> land, who later died in a tenement building." Yep. And of she's cold. like, "Yeah, <laughs> well, they, yeah, like, like trying to keep uh, themselves warm with a propane heater, like choked on the propane or something." Uh, and she's like, what year yeah, was this something like that. Like, like, like when all this was happening, I was like, what year did this happen? In? Like, <laughs> right. How long have you lived there? When did the, right. Like this was all like, well, it, you know, Justin bulldozed the whole lot and, and, and mm-hmm. he didn't know those people were there or whatever. Yeah. It, uh. Right. So Dylan goes to Allison at the newspaper to quit and, or inform her that he's leaving 
Yeah. And I think maybe she is his boss. I think we finally I think she owns that. the paper. Yeah. I think she owns the paper and he is the editor. Right. And Allison is like, I totally get it. I totally get <laughs> the why you would want to leave on account of all of these horrible murders. But But <laughs> It's <laughs> the big butts coming a mile off here, but and then the most unlikely, stupid th- like because see when you unpack what she puts forward here, like my I, like my eyes rolled so far back. I'm surprised they managed to roll forward for this recording. Um, <laughs> I mean, walking about the house two weeks blind, looking like the Undertaker. Um, she basically puts forward that his story has been picked up by some outlets, some national outlets, and you know if there was just one more death blow. Just one more death. You know what? Prime time. Mm-hmm. Prime right. time. Now, let me just put it forward to you. You have a potential serial killer identified in a small town. Your articles have been picked up by larger publications. The CNN's not there. The Fox. The NMSBC. All, the, all these people are not there. Like at all. Because none of those you know, shit heap reporters... From the start, we're like, you know, so and so, Fox News, like, like right. none of that, like, so. And this doesn't make any sense. It makes, in fact, it makes even less sense, and to the point where it like, infuriated me a little bit because I was like, well, they're either like interested, they're picking up those things, but if it's identified that there's a serial killer in the small town, big news outlets are there. They are like, yeah, they, yeah, they, yeah. there's someone. Someone is there. Someone is there. They're not relying on fucking buck foot, you know, bum foot backwards herald reporting on this one. They send a competent journalist there to do some investigation. But no, no, no. This is this is this is the, the and then what I love about this is how quickly he remember it's not it's not about my job. I'm coming with you, baby. Where we're going. I love you. I love you. We're gonna do this together. We're gonna drive tomorrow morning. And very quickly he's like national newspapers you say mm. right call to the big time you say mm. <laughs> one more murder you say mm. it's just such a it's it, i, I don't like this character anyway i like him less now <laughs> and allison is like look but t- I totally go take care of your wife yeah totally don't, just leave don't even don't even worry about the opportunity i understand you got to take care of, of yourself and your wife and he's just like oh yeah 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 my wife, sure. She's like that. She's like, oh, my phone's gone. What's this? CNN. All right, two seconds. Yeah, right. Like, hello. Oh, oh, <laughs> oh, oh another editor in chief. Yes, I will talk to you. One second, Dylan. <laughs> you know. <laughs> Sorry, I wasn't expecting this call. It's but I need to yeah. take it. Yeah. Um, I need to... So Dylan goes home, and Sarah and Brenda are throwing their shit in the car. They're ready to get out. Yes, they're doing the right thing. Yeah. And so when he shows up, he's like, hey, 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 Sarah, <laughs> hey. <laughs> hey. Um, yeah, cheeky bitch. <laughs> can I talk to you for a second? Uh, just you and me. And Brenda's like, oh, I get it. I'm going to yeah. go in the house and grab my cotton of smokes, give you two love buds <laughs> a second to figure things out. <laughs> <laughs> like Brenda's going for I told you so drink. Yeah. <laughs> she just <laughs> which she'll have first so she can talk about how she told her so on the journey to the hotel. Brilliant. I want a dry martini, aka gin in a glass. <laughs> and <laughs> Dylan is like, 
Oh, baby. I'm sorry. You know Allison. You know Allison, right? And how mean you know she Allison. is. You know <laughs> so Allison. Mean. And she is going to make me give her two weeks notice for for my job. So The I'm, job that you know, up until recently we thought he managed, but no, right. no, no. Two weeks notice. And Sarah's like, so you're not going? And he's like, no, baby. I'm going. Just not right now. Yeah. Two weeks. Right. Or maybe less. That's it's nothing it's nothing nothing and so sarah's just like all right how about you go fuck yourself then and <laughs> she does she does what i would do straight away she calls bill to the shit ball yeah and she's like hey mom get out here no you're not driving <laughs> so <laughs> she's still got she's got a cigarette in her mouth and the gin in her hand she's good to drive absolutely she's all I need is for you to hold my drink when I shift. <laughs> You've been doing it since you were a little girl. You know the routine. Remember when Grandma used to go make you buy her cigarettes? Remember that? Yeah, you remember that. Uh, <laughs> so they take off. <laughs> She's like Mama Fratelli. Like a, I used to sing to you where you were oh, it was a good ride to my baby. <laughs> Mama, you've been bad. <laughs> so, so Sarah and Brenda fuck off. And Brenda immediately is like, look. I'm not saying you should get get a divorce, but if you but. did, I know a certain cop that might read your rights to you. You know what I'm saying? And she's like, oh, you she's mean Kevin? Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> oh, no, he's just my friend. And, and Everett is like, uh-huh, friends like that you could use more of. And then this big ass pickup truck, like oversized, uh, oversized tires and shit. The, 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 the truck from Jeepers Creepers yes. makes an appearance in this show. Right. <laughs> the it, truck from Jill appears. It runs him off ah, the road. <laughs> he fucking trying to watch him. Dennis Weaver is like, You can't beat me. Let me see your face, you son of a bitch. <laughs> and, Almost, almost wrecked the voice on that one, Duncan. Oh my! And oh. they oh. they get driven off the road into the woods. Brenda though puts down her gin long enough to be like, "Hang on, honey, I put a little something in the glove box." Yeah, and like they, Brenda hasn't spilled a drop of that gin as well, like a pro. No, even running off the road, like she balances it in her hand, like you know, she, she is Eddie Murphy in the Golden Child. Like yeah, to get like that glass of water if it's spilling a drop. The whole time she's, she's like, I, 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 I got the gun. <laughs> I got the gin. Give me the gin. Please. But she does. She has like a, she's a big old fucking high caliber gun in the glove compartment. Yeah. Which she takes out and turns out Brenda, even with a drink in her, is a good shot. <laughs> because she has a drink in her. <laughs> Finally, her hands are steady. Hands. Yeah. <laughs> so. After popping a Too couple of shots together, on. yeah. Too much time together. I've said it before. We need time apart. We need distance. We need space. Bro. We need social distancing for the the podcast. 
Um, <laughs> so the truck takes off because they're like, holy shit, this drunk woman's going to kill us. And then Brenda and Sarah just wander through the woods for a little while, like that first Harry Potter last movie, the first part of the last one, where they just wander <laughs> the around the Harry woods Potter. for a whole fucking movie. The first the first Harry Potter last movie. Yeah, the first part of the last Harry Potter movie. That's what I was trying to get out. You know what I'm th- I like your version better. Whatever. And whatever some of some of them little wizard and shits were walking around in the woods. <laughs> yeah. The the opening of the, the final movie starts with them orienteering in the woods. Yeah. <laughs> trying to like figure out how to how to make a a, a, a compass out of a needle. <laughs> by the way watch get duped um so they're just wandering around in in the woods orienteering as you said Mm -hmm. and why they don't just follow the road and get a ride i don't know be on the road you know i mean or use a mobile phone right or like flag over a car that has a phone and if if the mean truck from duel comes back you shoot it again yeah, keep shooting yes, at it till it goes away. It turns out two shots, three shots is enough to scare the big crazy dull van away. So let's right, let's just do that instead of wandering in the woods aimlessly in a direction that we don't know for a distance that we can't comprehend. For what purpose makes zero? Ah, yeah, it just is mm, still planned both. Right, and then out of nowhere, Sarah's like, "This is all my fault. On account of me attempted suicide that time." <laughs> And Brenda is like, no, no, no. It's not about that. That was a real drama queen move. You didn't even take pills. You just wrote a note. No, no. It's my <laughs> fault because I'm the one who dropped that Cinder block on Ada and made her a big potato. You like potatoes. And <laughs> so you wrote a suicide note. That don't impress me much. Uh, right. uh, uh, uh. <laughs> You know, so you got the pen, but you haven't got the gun. <laughs> don't get me wrong. Are I you the whole song right there? Are you pro suicide now? The beer's just kicked in, boy, okay. and I'm just saying that. <laughs> when, just saying that it doesn't. If you're going to write a suicide note but not take any actions, that don't that don't impress Brenda much. I I always think Brenda of, dropped a fucking cinder block in a moving car yeah. and crushed a woman's head. So you think she's concerned with your penned note? No, I impress her. She's seen some shit. I always think of the there. There's a line from uh, a tragically hip song when somebody mm-hmm. talks about attempted suicide, and the line is "Nobody's interested in something you didn't do." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> A little cold. Also, like you, like Brenda dropped that that cinder block on that. Do you think, like, and she was young when she did that? Do you think that's the worst she's done or the worst she's seen? Also, she's seen some shit. Also, she lets drop in this scene. Look, I was in love with Ronnie back in the day, (laughs) and I was pregnant. (laughs) Yeah, it's just everything's coming out right. And (laughs) and Sarah immediately is like. That's fucked up. You're, <laughs> you're an attempted murderer. You gotta go to the police. Yeah, they've got a prison for 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 murderers. You can sit beside Tim, the man that murdered your daughter. You don't have to let out. Heather go, but 
you'll, you'll get your own sleep. <laughs> Heather's killed two people, but you killed someone decades ago. You're going in. Also, we only got to two cells. Uh, so, <laughs> Crazy Heather's back in the street again. <laughs> right. Which is coming. Holy shit. They release oh, Heather yes. into the wild, and it is just ma- mania. Yeah, they, they just let her out there, and that is not a good move. <laughs> so Sarah then just marches off deeper into the woods without her, her grandmother now. Mm-hmm. And so we leave these two knuckleheads in the woods to go to Robin, who is talking with the lawyer who is handling the estate, I think. Yeah, who is very helpful it is actually slightly helpful he but at the same time helpful. this is why i hate like i'm just gonna say this bo there is a special place in hell for lawyers and like financial financial institutes that that don't say no yeah and this is this is the prime example of that because turns out um this dude had more debt than we realized he remortgaged the house couple of times over, uh, made some dodgy deals, bounced some checks, had basically been living so far out of the realms of what he could afford. They are now, what was the number again? $2.8 million in debt. Two point eight. Now, the, the, the thing about this is they talk about, I think he talks about like remortgaging the house or something. It's like, yeah, he's already yeah. done that. And he goes, he goes, I goes in, you know, I, you know, I told him not to do it. But it was still green light. <laughs> yeah, I told him not to, but then he said, "No, I insist on making this horrible financial decision." And I was yeah, like, "Yeah, which, right. which you know, I can never pay back, and also, like, I'll never make money out of." Yeah, I get the property. Like, see if you. This is the thing. Like, banks will do this, right? And ultimately, the bank will end up with the property, right? So they yeah. repossess the property at the end of the day, but not for the sum of money they're out. Yeah. Well, the the this guy tells him if you sell everything. Yes. You, you might come close to breaking even. Yes. So, like, I'm sitting there thinking he has got, like, also, I'm thinking to myself, so he's 2 million in the hole, right? 2.2 million in the hole. But, and asset wise, if he sells everything, he almost has 2 million pounds worth, uh, sorry, 2 million dollars worth of assets. That's right. That's so right. I'm like, and like, like, at what point, like, at what point? Does what's the guy's name again? Ronnie? No, Ronnie? No, Ronnie. Which one? Robin? Robin. Yeah. At what point does Robin, in the extravagant life that he's living in, not look around and say, you know what? Feels like we've got two million dollars worth of assets, and my husband doesn't appear to be doing. I'm not selling that many houses because this is a small town. You know what I mean? I'm not making that yeah. many moves and shakes in the old real estate thing. And he he does the finances for me. At what point do I think the money that's coming in equates to $2 million worth of assets? Arsehole right. is what I call this guy. Fucking yeah. arsehole. The lawyer's an arsehole. The fucking bank's an arsehole. Show it arseholes. So, and Robin actually Sorry, asked, like, was... fucking rage me off. <laughs> I, you... <laughs> Sun's getting low, big guy. Um, so, (laughs) so Rob is like, was any of this shit illegal? And, uh, the, the lawyer's like, no, 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 it was cool. I mean, it wasn't right, but it It wasn't wasn't right, but it's, uh, you know, which once again, love that we have to make that distinction, you know, like, like it's not right. Yeah. You know, morally it's not right, but it's perfectly fucking legal. 
and and so we leave that disaster to yeah. Sarah back in the woods, tromping around on alone, all alone, and now she's yeah. gotten scared or something. Is like grandma, grandma, and <laughs> yeah, she's realized that she wants a killer beside her. <laughs> yeah, how about the person with the gun? That'd be cool. <laughs> and so, and Brenda, meanwhile, is in like a versus section of the forest where she is just spinning around a bunch, waving the gun around. Yep. She's like, she's like, um, leather face and Texas chainsaw massacre spinning this gun round. Yeah. yeah, It's somebody just, and you know, well, not somebody, the, what I like to call the sex executioner just grabs her, grabs her from behind coming out of somewhere and drags her off into the woods and Sarah hears, uh, does she like pop off in a, a shot or just screams or something? I think she pops off a shot. And so Sarah hears that. And she's, oh, Fated Bogora. And she runs uh, to where she thinks she heard the shot. Sure enough, finds the gun in the middle of the woods, which is crazy. But yeah. finds the exact spot, finds the gun. And she's yeah, like, exactly oh, it is. he got I my mean, grandma. Possibly. Yeah. <laughs> and so Brenda wakes up uh, in, in a boat dock with a chain on her ankle that's tied to a couple of cinder blocks oh uh, this is so fucking dumb and the like, uh, dark condom is there as well just kind of staring at her and brenda is like look i know i did some fucked up shit but <laughs> how about let he without sin cast the first stone huh huh <laughs> how about like as far eateth up yeah, and right. burneth the wood <laughs> and uh and dark kind of just grabs the cinder blocks and tosses them in to right. uh how the, heavy the is a cinder block uh, like, let's get let's talk physics here how heavy is a cinder block taking you know, account that as a teenage 20, girl she managed to lift one up above her head easily to right. latch off two cinder blocks does not weigh the same as her right so like just like once again i'm all down for killing her in this fashion, right? But let's make it fucking plausible. Two cinder blocks does not make the same weight as Brenda's a woman. And if you push them off, even attached to her leg, it will not move you unless it weighs more than you. That's how physics works. At the worst, it's going to give her leg a bit of a, a pull. She might dislocate it from the joint, but it's not going to drag her in the fashion that it does over the docks plus this is the docks the water is never that deep at the fucking docks where the pier comes out inches from the shoreline but i mean that's fucking stuff drives me up but like i love that like the thing it's so dumb it's like the setup is like i am right cool right well let's do it like the way you want to do it which is a smart way of doing it like you know the vengeance meets the the act you know what i mean yeah, it's. It, I love it, that, right? But let's 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 tie a giant fucking boulder, or an anchor, or something. Not two piddly little cinder blocks that, like I see, like they're easy enough that he manages to push them over with ease. But yet the weight on them's enough to drag Brenda over. Fucking doesn't make a lick of sense. It is stupid. It need, is so yes. fucking dumb. You need so more dumb. weight. Okay, so uh, a fact check from chat. Google says a standard center center block is 35 pounds, which would presume that two are 70. And to your point, like she, 
Mm. You need yeah. either more weight or velocity to yes. create oh, like a great, yeah, a great deal of velocity or much more weight for this to drag her. <laughs> like, because she's further up. There. This is not like she's right on the edge of the pier either. This drags. Oh no, no! And yeah, this, like clawing so the deck. Fucking, <laughs> so fucking no! dumb, man. So, <laughs> I'll never so smoke dumb. again. <laughs> it just doesn't mean it's just lazy. I understand that, yes, right. you know what I mean? Like, that you, you die at the hands of the thing that caused the damage. I like that. I think that's, you know, that feels like, from a writing, from a narrative point of view, that feels, on some level, you know, satisfying. I, I imagine that narrative itch being scratched of, you know, like, like ah, yeah, it's all come full circle. At the same time, though, it has to make sense. Otherwise... Like every death in this show thus far has made zero fucking sense between the rat poisoning, which like had the effect that it had, the you know, the woman who has her hands and legs chopped off, uh, with very little bloodshed, like <laughs> like, but still being alive to flare like, <laughs> Yeah. Fucking and now this one, I'm just like, like, give the just be a bit smarter about it. Just be, like it doesn't take that much. Like, just have a like an anchor. Is enough, right? You know, but it, it like, doesn't have the the narrative symmetry of a cinder block. It doesn't. It doesn't. So, like, why was it a cinder block to begin with? Or why isn't there like five cinder blocks or something? Yeah, something that, like a bigger cinder block, like a big something, anything, anything other than this. It just feels dumb. And um, maybe I'm a bit more angry about it because it kills off my favorite character from the show. She dies an unhonorable death blow. Right, she she does a pauper's death. Um, <laughs> I also don't like, uh, or I I I don't like it for her because I like her like her character. Yeah. But uh, I do kind of respect the fact that she is like this high in the water, like right there where the crown of her head is yeah. out of the water. So she like just drowns, and somehow that's worse. Yes. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So while that's happening. Sarah is wandering the woods with the gun, like Lord of the Rings, only with a gun. <laughs> and she hears somebody walking close, and she's like, oh, oh, and just like whipping around, trying to find uh, the source of the, the noises around her in the woods. And we see the executioner, like, just like tiptoe behind her. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> and slips off. And then Sarah hears something and starts running the other way, stumbles onto this gravel road, and then just happens to wander into the boat dock where Brenda was murdered and sees her floating in the water. And she's like, no, no, not me, grandma. <laughs> not me murdering grandma. Yeah, not that criminal. Um, So <sighs> then, you know, an ambulance shows up. They're loading uh, Brenda up in the black bag. Um, no idea how any of this happened, which would have been useful because if she had a phone that she could have used earlier on, why didn't she use it? Why, if, right. You know, you know, why why were we so far in? Like, how did it like don't bother with that though? The ambulance just arrives. It's right. The the normal inattention to detail in Slasher the series <laughs> continues. And continuity, Bo. Continuity. <laughs> how did how did I get in touch with the ambulance? Well, I was upset. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> What do you mean? They, they know. They just show up. Have you never seen? Have you never seen Minority Report? They have them in hospitals now, bro. Right. 
a precog saw me. <laughs> Here at the boat dock with me mother or grandmother, whichever. And so Cam, of course, is there. It's just like, oh, Sarah, I'm so sorry about your grandmother. Uh, and maybe mm. sometime you want to go out or something. And, mm. and Sarah's like, oh, this executioner, he done fucked up. Now I'm going to find him and kill him myself. And it's so dumb. Like, she has now sworn vengeance on this on this serial killer. I mean, this serial killer potentially murdered, like, you know, <laughs> like well, it didn't potentially murder her parents, but it's like playing, like, that would have been the point where I would have been like, I must seek vengeance. When I killed the neighbor after showing me that my mom had porno videos with her with loads of different men and wore the outfit of the killer yeah. that killed my parents. At that point, I'd be like, vengeance is mine. I will have my revenge. No, 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 no. It's at this point that she's like, fuck it. I'm not running it. I'm not running anymore, Bo. Take me back. Right. With my dead grandmother. <laughs> I love my dead gay grandmother. And then <laughs> we see Robin going to look for Trent out in the middle of the woods. <sighs> and, and so, like, nobody answers the door at first. So he's about to take off. And then he sees kind of set off the road a little bit, this shed. And so he goes to check out the shed and there's flies buzzing around and Trent is what into what I would call like creative taxidermy, much oh, like yeah, the he's, Firefly family. Yeah, he's making jackalopes, he's making pigaroos, he's making, you know Underoos. Yeah. <laughs> he's uh, <laughs> yeah, like he's he's in there just like Fucking what? licking the carcass clean and so on. Just like all the things that you would have to add to say, killer. <laughs> yeah. Let me, killer. Let, me, let me ask you a quick question about underoos, Duncan. Yes. Um, why in the fuck did they ever make Robin underoos? You know, because they were always like uh, uh, comic book characters or Star Wars <laughs> or shit like that. But Robin, like, are you just telling your kid that they're second best right off the bat? Like... <laughs> Look, we just don't have a lot of faith that you're Batman material, even as a child. So, like, like aim aim at the middle, as, as superheroes go. I mean, I would say that's a healthier way to be. Yeah, well, Overall, maybe. I think it's a healthier, healthier lesson to tell people that not everyone will be, you know, a massive success. Not everyone will be, you know, the leader of a Fortune 500 company or not everyone will be the fastest person in the world, the strongest person in the world. Sometimes it is okay to be in the middle. Dream small parenting advice from Duncan McLeish. So that's right. That's right. I'm looking forward to propping up my children until they're at least 30. <laughs> so Trent shows up, blood literally dripping from his hands. Yep. And Robin's like, oh, Trent holding holding a red herring in his hand yeah. right <laughs> right uh <laughs> it is oh my god this show uh and he he's like sorry I was out killing stuff because any animal that wanders onto my land no matter what season it is is mine I'm killing it and Robin's by the way like, have you ever read the most dangerous game <laughs> right and Robin's like um I'm leaving, and Trent follows him all the way to the car, just giving him shit the entire way. And it's like, yeah. yeah, next time you come to tell me that you're not going to give me my money, yeah, yeah, how about you make an appointment? That seems a friendlier way to fuck me over, Robin. <laughs> and 
Robin, like, give drive. me the fucking money, Lebowski. <laughs> yeah, fucking Nihilus. And Robin drives off in a just in a terror, and Trent kind of looks menacingly off after him. And then we get one of one of the real pearls of the episode, where Chief Brimley and Cam are taking Heather, mm-hmm. former inmate and still crazy person Heather. She's wearing the Hannibal mask. She's in a straight jacket. She's on that that pulley thing. <laughs> Cam, how are your nipples? Um, <laughs> Sheriff, love the suit. Um, you know what I mean? <laughs> so they just shove her out of the back seat of the this patrol car, and they're like, "You're free to go," and <laughs> he, don't press charges. And Heather is like, "You know, my husband's flaw was weakness, and the chief." Yours is that you see only what you want to see. And, and Chief Brimley is like, hey, God damn it. About we, we don't point fingers. Besides, I can't even hear you right now. And she's like, that's my point. <laughs> and then she looks at Cam and she goes, I see you glowing. And Cam's like, do you see? Do you see me glowing? <laughs> and he's like, Heather, just be sure to lock your door. And then we'll pet my tiger later. And and the chief is like, look, don't worry about that crazy old broad. She is not our problem anymore. God damn it. It's time to go catch us a killer. Not, not that there's a serial killer and it sure as hell ain't the executioner. We, I know that much. And, uh, so we leave our, those crack team of, Mm -hmm. of law enforcement agents to, uh, go to Sarah, who is just hanging out with Sonia and Ada in the room with. Because let's you know, bring this full circle, like bring right. this story to a shitty end. Yeah, so she just shows up to fuck up their world by being mm-hmm. like, "Oh, you know, I don't know if you knew this, but it turns out my grandma she did all of this. She dropped that cement block on Ava and made her a potato." And Sonia is like, "Huh? What?" But I was like, didn't you know? I, it felt like she Well, I knew. thought that was the animosity. Right. I thought that was like, you, maybe she had a suspicion, but she could never prove it. But it turns out, no, well, she never knew. Right. Or she's playing like she didn't know or something. But anyway, so Sarah is like, look, what other thing? It turns out that my grandma and your husband, Ronnie, were together when they were kids. You know, together with, yeah. with sex. And... Brenda is basically just opening openly wondering, like, is your husband Roddy DeMayer? Is he my grandfather? Yeah. And, and it's like like you've already done the I know you come in here with the best of intentions. You came in here to clear a, a case in the mystery that's been existing for a while, but at the same time, like we've already dis- you made this woman distraught. Do we now need to bring up her daughter and husband and the potential that I am your grand? I lost my grandmother, but maybe you're my step grandmother. Right. Yeah. This is just purely selfish. Like, look, I'm not gonna be out no presents at Christmas. You're my new grandmother, and I, the minimum price is fifty dollars. Just so you know, I'll give you a list. It's so fucking dumb. It's so dumb. So and needless, absolutely needless. Yeah. And Sonia is like, look, a hundred percent. My husband is not your grandfather. Like I, you yeah. don't, you don't have to ask that again. That is yeah. not the case. 
and Sarah's like, I was wondering, like, it's because she doesn't have any kids, so. Right, and Sarah's like, well, I don't care. I'm going to the chief. I'm going to tell him everything. And whether or not she does, we'll see, I guess, in the next episode. Oh, I can't wait, Bo. But Sarah then <laughs> is like, hey, I need to spend a little more time with that that serial killer who's definitely not my, my pa. Oh, yeah, that fucking... Uh... Dude, when she walks in and he's like, you're out in the woods alone? How dare you, my daughter? I mean, Sarah. <laughs> Sarah. <laughs> yeah, it, it's a total like, what were you doing out there alone in the woods at night? You could have been hurt. It's, I won't allow yeah. it. Have you ever seen blood in the in the moonlight? Kind of looks black. <laughs> I imagine a pilgrim. Uh, <laughs> it's like, he, he wouldn't want it looks me, black uh, like a giant black condom. I imagine a, pringle, a pilgrim wears one when he's out murdering. Sarah. It's just, it's just so fucking dumb. It's like you know what this is. It's like a, it's like a cross. All this family drama. Who's the parent? This person. Who's like the? It's, it's like someone has taken like the lesser plot of Scream and married it with the TV show Dallas. Yeah, you know what I mean, it's all family drama bullshit and fucking like and like a stupid killer murdering people in implausible ways. Is why, Bo? Why? Make the bad man stop. So, we not only that, here's the other one of the other big problems, I think, with this show, is that after she's like, listen, I need you to help me catch the killer. And then she repeats the story of Ada and Brenda and Sonia mm-hmm. and all that stuff, which we saw at the beginning of the episode, talked about mm-hmm. in just the last scene. And are now getting the recap again. This scene should have started with him saying, and so that's what happened to Ada? Yes, you know? I don't need to hear it again. Like that that's you 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 bring us in after that reveal. Right. Right. And so <sighs> anyway, uh she's like, you know, I looked it up. The punishment for envy was drowning. And uh Tim Winston or whatever is like Yes, yes. Confession freezes, Sarah. You. <laughs> you could have been killed. Also, he could have killed you. And Sarah is like, <laughs> yeah, he could have killed me, but he never did. It's like he didn't want to kill me or something. And she's like, maybe I just don't deserve to die. Maybe I'm just better than all of you. And she says, because I'm safe, because he doesn't seem to want to kill me, that's how I'm going to help catch him. He doesn't want to kill me. So I'm kind of So that means he won't kill her. Yeah, that, yeah. Well, that's how killing works. Like, if a killer doesn't want to kill you, Bo, even if you're close to exposing them, they won't kill you. And, and so Tim Winston says, Sarah, I'll help you catch him. <laughs> <laughs> Whoever doing whoever's doing this is blinded by pride, and pride oh. will be their downfall. And oh. as he is doing this voiceover about like you know, <laughs> he's a very naughty boy, our killer. <laughs> you know all this stuff. Uh, we see we cut to Trent, and like you said, it is totally the end of episode. It's the three. gas mask. It's I'm out walking like between the yes. smack den and the house. It's such a like we we pan to Trent sitting, and he's fucking murder shack like stitching up animals and i'm like no 
No. Yeah. Murder shack, yeah. baby, murder shack. <laughs> I got me some animals. They're stuck on the wall. <laughs> There's like 15 of them. <laughs> it's yeah. like, um, it's, uh, I mean, <laughs> what, what surprises me the most about the show is how progressively dumber it's getting. <laughs> you right. know what I mean? Just when you think it's it's done uh, the stupidest thing you're going to see on this show, they drain the, the pool a little more in the next it episode. Just, it really is. It's like, I, 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 it's, it's actually shocking at how bad it is. Like, Because like, it's just... It's now like going out its way to specifically, like just be like it's the it's the it's base level, right? The the movie, like the movie, the TV show operates at a base, and that base is not a sturdy base, and it doesn't it doesn't try and and every time it tries to build anything slightly on it, it falls over um, because it's not secure. And that is literally what we're doing in every episode. I I just don't, I think we're, I think we're probably right about who the killer is. And I think the problem is that this, this series has eight episodes. We're at episode three, and this is going to drag out for another four episodes before a reveal. And we're just yeah. gonna have to sit there going, no, 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 not him, no. <laughs> like, as the as we continually peel back other elements of the seven deadly sins in this fucking small town that I couldn't give a fuck about with characters I don't like because you killed and robbed me of the only character that was a joy. Um, it's just I I don't know I don't know. I'm kind it's of hoping. <laughs> I'm kind of hoping they do like surprise new characters where like episode five we get just like, oh, here's some random deputy that has been in the show all along that we just never saw before. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and he, like when he was a kid, he stole pick and mix sweets. So, you know, what's going to happen to him? Um, got a couple know, of double doubles from the Tim Hortons. I caught him, <laughs> caught him shoplifting there. Sorry, um, I just Great. like you. You've been you've been accused of of stealing a double double from the Tim Hortons. How do you plead? I plead sorry. sorry, sorry or not sorry. <laughs> here, here in the Great Land of Canada, you you plead sorry or not sorry, or or sorry by by reason of extenuating circumstances. Sorry. <laughs> I'm not sorry by way of insanity. I was crazy for not being sorry about that. <laughs> it's just, uh, I don't know. I, I, I'm, it's I'm, I'm curious. It's a, it's a stupid show. And we know that. And we knew what we were letting ourselves in for. And uh, and yeah, we're just going to have to ride this train to the end now, I'm afraid. <laughs> yeah, so that's going to do it for this episode. <laughs> Uh, we we have we have found the conclusion of episode three of Slasher. Uh, look, folks, thank you, thank you so much for uh, for hanging out. For those of you uh, watching, uh, it was great. Uh, thanks for for being here and and chatting with us. Uh, for those listening, uh, if you would like uh, to to be one of the people watching the show, uh, we're gonna be off next week because uh, I gotta work. Uh, but the, <laughs> the the week after that, we should be back. And uh, check, uh, you know, Facebook and Instagram and, and Twitter uh, and, uh, and all that stuff at Legion Podcasts uh, to stay uh, uh, apprised of that schedule. And also, of course, uh, T-Putts 
um, everywhere for the same information. Uh, Duncan, between now yes. and the next time that we goof on this poor sad show, Slasher, <laughs> uh, where can people check out your stuff? Yeah, please do. It's podcast under the stairs, tputzcast, T-P-U-T-S-C-A-S-T dot com. Uh, which will get you not only podcasts under the stairs, but all the additional stuff I do. You might want to be checking out Opera Omnia, which is available on the Teapots Collective, because Bo Ransdell is jumping on for the entire year uh, season dedicated to looking at the movies of David Fincher, and that first episode will be out by the time this episode drops. So go and listen to it. It's a great conversation that we have, just putting the building box in place before we start uh, talking about the works of... Um, a genuine author so I'm, I'm very 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 excited uh, to hear what you guys make of that so show that some love in the meantime in between then uh, I've got loads of things coming out um, from Podcast Under the Stairs including a review and interview with the director of a witch movie that actually looks kind of amazing um, called Sator which has been getting all the fucking buzz. It looks dark and bleak and miserable. Uh, it took the guy who made it seven years to make, and he built everything from scratch. Wow. So That sounds yeah, cool. Yeah, like the trailer looks incredible. So that'll be dropping next week. Interview with the director, review of the movie, and various other bits and bobs. I'm having, I'm having a lot of fun podcasting this year because I'm just getting to do a lot of stuff that I've been putting off for a while, uh, including... Uh, doing slasher with Bo, which is is obviously uh, a thing in, in itself. That uh, even though the show's bad, the the fun of being here on the camera and that's is kind of great. So yeah, if you can check out that tputzcast.com is where you will find everything. But the what about yourself? What, what what you got coming up? Uh, let's see. Uh, if you are watching this live next week, will be the release of um the next the finale season finale of Pick Six Movies. Mm-hmm. Um, we've been doing Lifetime movies, and we're capping the season with a look at the Lifetime film Murder in New Hampshire, the Pamela Smart story, uh, starring Oscar winner Helen Hunt. Uh, it Ooh, also like stars Hunt. Uh, Dr. Johnny Fever uh, from WKRP in Cincinnati and Dr. Giggles <laughs> himself, Larry Drake. Um, oh, dear. It Some is, weird casting. <laughs> uh, it is like... You know, again, uh, the 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 story at, at heart is, of course, a, a horrible tragedy. The movie uh, is a tragedy for entirely different reasons, and it is <laughs> it is kind of hilarious. So we had a, a really good time talking about that, and also just check out uh, everything going on at legionpodcasts.com, uh, where you can find uh, you know a lot of other shows besides the the stuff I do. Um, I would also ask you to uh, follow us at YouTube and Twitter uh, and Twitch and Instagram and all that stuff at Legion Podcasts. Uh, on on the Twitch in particular, I, I didn't really answer this question from Robert about the uh, the video games because I started talking to you about your picks. Uh, so I will say uh, now as a way of synergy, brand synergy, Duncan. Um, I've been one game I would highly recommend and I'm just about finished with is Yakuza Like a Dragon, which has been a delight to play. Oh, awesome. And uh, you can see most of that game on Twitch uh, from the streams I've done, and we're kind of in the uh, the back end of it. So you can check that out there. Um, and just, you know, a ton of shit. Like I said, other shows, we're doing more video stuff. Uh, next month in February, we'll do another list of legends 
uh, and you can uh, go to like the YouTube or the Twitch channel and see that. Uh, yeah, I, I, that. after watching that previous one you did on vampire movies, I, I, I need to get involved in one of them. You are welcome any old time. It's fun though, right? Like making yeah. making a list in real time is something that really scratches an itch I, I have. So uh, thank you. It was fun. I, I, I want to do a lot more of that stuff. I'm really, here's the thing I'm trying to, to think of is uh, a good game show because I think we could do it. And I just mm -hmm. I need the right premise and and that kind of thing for it to for it to be good. But if uh, any of the viewers or listeners have a suggestion of like, hey, what would be a good like a horror trivia game show? Let me know, and uh, we might make that happen because that seems like something I want to do. Um, at any rate, there is nothing left for us to say after all that nonsense, uh, but to say, uh, Duncan, God damn it, say good night, Duncan. Duncan, God damn it, say good night, Duncan. No, that's totally wrong. Ah! Uh.